Hello everybody and welcome back. It is Monday, October 31st, 2022, and you are listening to the third annual Spooktacular and episode 150 of the Can I Say Something podcast. I'm your host and ghost with the most, Damien. Joining me today is... It's your boy Deej! And... Andy. On today's show, we will be discussing what we've been watching, including X, Smile, House of the Dragon, and later down, we'll be counting down our top five favorite deaths in movies and much, much more. Right into the show at Can I Say Something Podcast at gmail.com. At Bicycle on Twitter, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, rate and review it on Apple Podcasts. Tell a fen- friend, family member, or stranger. What's up, guys? How are we doing? We're back, baby doll. Woo! We're back. Bound, bound, bound. Spook. I love how Andy still comes in after all the signs. Like, Andy. <laughs> and I, I laugh. You all know who I am. <laughs> That's your brand. You got to stick with the brand. You can't oh, change it up. People know oh, you. Like, yeah, I still Andy. came in like, it's your boy. You know, still doing the thing. He's still yep. doing his That's thing. You. It's good. That's your thing. You stick with it. That works for you. We're, we're talking People about things, it. though. Don't think I didn't hear you change it. What you you're not the juicy caboose. You, you should have been the ghost with the juicy caboose or something. I don't know. I heard the, the change. Ghost, it was subtle, that, but I heard it. The alliteration. The the alliteration. I appreciated it. With the ghost. Ghost with the, the ghost most. with the juicy caboose. Ghost with the most. Yes. Ghostess. The host, because it rhymes with host. So I thought that worked pretty well. But I, I guess not, Mister Critic. No, it's fine. It's I'm just I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm sorry. It's my yes. fault. Yes. Can you guys imagine? Could you believe? Cast your minds back to the heady days of pre-pandemic 2019. We got in these mics January 2019. Did you ever think we would be here at the top, number episode 150? I, I had. I, I mean, I thought I would. I thought I would. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> you had hope. You had hope. There was promise. Yeah. In our young eyes. Yeah. I, 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 I was put thinking a about damn good effort in. I was thinking Andy, about this ahead. recently, and. Uh, and <clears throat> there are different versions of Damien over time. There's There's been different iterations of you. Versions where you're an athlete. Versions where you're a gamer. <laughs> Currently, yeah. you're a podcaster. And, yeah. you know, Damien dives headfirst. And Damien is going to hit the bottom when he goes in. To whatever he is doing. So, yes, I 100% believed you would have at least 150 episodes on your quest to top the podcast charts. <laughs> yes, I have different eras. You know, people on TikTok and Twitter talk about their different eras. Some, a lot of people talk about their villain era, talk about their goblin era. People change and people, uh, you know, metastasize and become butterflies and go from, you know, a little, little cocoon, a little... Um, What's before butterfly? What a butterfly start as? Little, not slugs. Caterpillars. Not, cat, caterpillars. Caterpillars, yes. I mean, you know, I go from a caterpillar to a butterfly and then they die. So, yeah, I've changed very much over, over the years. And, yeah, this is my this is my thing right now. Might be not might not be a thing in the future, but for now, this is the thing I very Wait, much enjoy. No, but I, th- I was th- You will yes. get to the top. You will peak. You will, you will conquer <laughs> this podcast universe and then you'll quit cold turkey. He'll get that bag and he'll never be seen again. On to the this next thing. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. 
This isn't a starter podcast. This is a finisher podcast. That's Golden right. God, I've rage knows no bounds, yada, yada, yada. Yes, exactly. There's like a time yeah, no, limit too, I think, where there's like a three-year three, three year thing, I think. It's like with people, uh, after three years, like you like you uh like say for friendship or something like that if if you can survive like three years with a friend or something then that's like a friend that you'll have barring any kind of like crazy circumstance but it's like a friend that you're just gonna have around for the rest of your life you know like there's a cutoff point like this is like you said though this is a three-year mark for the, the the podcast so i mean like if you can push through this wall just keep going. Maybe this is something you just. Maybe this is the the finisher podcast. Maybe this is what you do. This ain't a, finisher. <laughs> this isn't a wall. Finisher Damien. This isn't a, a podcast. This is a ceiling, and you're going through it, baby. Glass ceiling. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, exactly. So we we have a lot to cover, but I just want to say, I did have many evolutions in my life. You're correct, Andy. That this is the the newest version of Damien. There probably there might be another iteration in the future. S- but if you go back. Bicyclist, mm-hmm. yep, I was a cyclist for Tri- a while. Triathlete. Triathlete, yep, did that. Her- Hearthstoneist. Yeah. Hearthstoneist, yep, there was that era, Hearthstone era, <laughs> Hearthstone Damien. Rocket League. Hearthstone Damien was. Oh, yeah, yeah Hearth- man, those were dark yeah. times. Those were dark days. <laughs> <laughs> but, but he fucking did it, didn't he? He did, yes, yeah. Grandmaster. I mean, if you think about it, I was, you know, the stuff that I'm interested in, have been interested in, the things I've sort of moved from one thing to another, there always has been the sort of a, th- a through line from the from my early 20s of always being like the movie guy. We always went out to uh, movies. That was the first first sort of thing that we did together, right, as a group, me, you, DDR. and Melvin, and uh, that DDR. Yeah, well, we did pre- DDR pre-movie or post-movie. That was a thing. But if you think about, you know, stuff we did early on, it was always movies. We always went Yeah, we always did a movie. movie like every weekend. Yes, exactly. So I think yeah. I think we're coming full circle now. We 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 enjoyed the movies. We we came out of them and said, "Yes, that was good. I like that because it was good and I or I didn't like it because it was bad." But now, a little bit older and we can uh, start to dig into these things in a more nuanced and more profound way, correct? Sure. Amen, brother. Yeah. Okay. Preach. <laughs> I use we Preach, loosely because yes. I still don't think I give you the response that you you're looking for, but I still right. think I got I still got that uh the that uh twenty year old version. Yeah, it was fine. It was a fine movie. I'd watch it again. Action. <laughs> I want action. I don't want words. I didn't come here to read. I came here to jizz in my pants at the action. Don't don't make me think. Don't make me feel. Just give me that action and I'll be fine, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean yeah. at that time yes. too, a lot of Jessica Alba. So just show me Jessica Alba and I'll be uh, yes. that's what I came for, you know. So Yes. So yeah, speaking of <laughs> yeah, things came. Speaking of things we've been watching and speaking of the spooky dookie season still going, still got it's we're coming to the end here, but we still have three more days of the spectacular season. Uh Andy, you watched a horror film called X, directed by Ty West. What did you think of this film? Uh I don't want to be anticlimactic from the get go here, but I thought it was pretty fucking lame. Um, the death scenes were lame. The sex scenes were tight. The, I kind of feel <laughs> yeah. I I'm around a lot of elderly people, and I felt bad for Pearl. Old people get horny. Yeah. Her yes. fucking husband was just like, "No, I can't do this. My heart is too weak." <laughs> he really should have just taken one for the team and fucked his wife. <laughs> That's all she wanted. Of a heart attack. Didn't- didn't they? Yes. I, th- I, th- I, s- I feel yes. like there was a scene, sex scene in there where they do they do get it on, correct? 
Not he and his husband. Not in that. Not in X. I I realize afterwards there's a, a prequel and a sequel. Yes, called in, Pearl. Incoming. Yep. I, I yeah. didn't realize that, but uh, no, in X he never fucks his wife. Oh, interesting. Thought I, I, had, in, I thought I had that fa- seared into my brain of old people fucking. No, it, instead he. Uh, well, she gets naked and like cuddles with uh, Maxine. Oh, that's but what no, I was thinking he, of. Yes, he helps that was her. A, yes strap corpses to the ceiling so she can fuck their corpses i guess <laughs> yeah yeah so but yeah overall, no, i mean he really out of 10. he really should have just you know risked his heart attack if he dies he dies for the love of god like just yeah. fuck your wife man she's begging you you're murdering <laughs> people for her right 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 yeah so yeah ty west has said this is with like a love letter to porn and also to the horror movies of yore, because horror movies uh, back in the day, even now still, porn uh, porn and horror movies have sort of you know existed on the margins of society. You don't really talk about them. You don't talk about porn or or really down and dirty horror movies. So he was sort of making those two, making that connection there, of you know pornography and also horror films as being this thing you just don't talk about in polite society. Yet here we are. Talking about horror <laughs> movies and porn. Are are we polite? Are we polite? Are we polite people? Touche. <laughs> don't lump me in exactly. with you degenerates. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you saw another horror film that I, that I talked about a couple weeks ago called Smile. Did you see this in theaters or did you see this at home? I, this is actually the first movie we saw in theaters since COVID. Actually, this yeah. Is so tell me, before you get into the th- uh, movie itself, before you get to the movie itself, how was the movie going experience for the first time in two years? That was great. Oh man, we went to a Mexican restaurant beforehand and got plastered. <laughs> we went to the grocery store next door and bought thirty dollars worth of candy, uh, nice. and and got single it. cans of beer to take with us into the theater. We were straight up teenagers for a night. It was <laughs> awesome. You snuck nice. beer in? Nice. Yeah, dude. Badass. Nobody cares. <laughs> Nobody. They don't even no. check your tickets anymore. I don't know what they do you know, in, it in is Massachusetts, true. but yeah, they check tickets still. But I never see anybody come in anymore, like to, to <clears throat> scope around. I mean, they're definitely. Well, like, what are you looking for? Are you counting everybody in here? No. Goofball, yeah. get out of here. Definitely not I mean, with I think here. They probably have a general idea of who's come into the theater and who's gotten tickets, but like, definitely nobody. Yeah. Whenever we've gone to this particular theater, they've never actually checked our tickets. We just walk in. They tell us, yeah. go to go to yeah, your theater maybe. and blah, blah, blah. But, yep. Brought in beer. So, and yeah, candy. I've had, I've had, yeah, I've had a few experiences going to the theater this year. Maybe, you know, it's because I've seen, you know, I go to the theater like 20 times a year. So, you know, odds are I'm going to have a bad experience once in a while. So, I've had people, you know, rustling their candy, talking, blah blah, being rude. How was how was the audience? Was there a big audience there? Not really. Not really. You know, it's a college town yeah. and surprisingly the theater here is always pretty empty. Um I mean, there was probably more people at this movie because I think it was maybe the first or second week it was out. Um so, I mean, there were probably maybe 20 people or so, but I've never seen a full theater at this at this town's cinema. Yeah. Okay. So that was that was the theater going experience. Tell me about the, the film itself. What did you think of it? The film itself. Again, like it's pretty mediocre. Like the. Uh, yeah, it was pretty mediocre is, is the gist of it. A train was okay. in it. I was surprised to see him there. 
He was um, H Train Resident, yep. And uh, it's one of those things. I feel like the movie itself may have a longer lasting effect because of because of the fact that it attributes itself to a <laughs> smile, something that everybody does and likes. And they they attempted to yes. make smiles okay. creepy, and they had an interesting marketing campaign too, where they had people that ba- ba- uh, baseball games, you know, smiling at the camera. And yes, they got I saw that. That was pan cool. over yeah. to the so. They had a pretty interesting marketing campaign, and I and I do bet that over time we'll see a lot of people, perhaps myself included, just making the smile to be weird. Um, right. But the movie itself, meh. Yeah. So specifically, like the performances you didn't like, the story, the the, the sort of jump scares, because this movie is known for. That's why I texted you about this. The, the one thing I sort of took away from it, the things that a lot of people are sort of, I don't know, bothered by, or just like the one thing that everyone's talking about the movie is just like the constant uh, jump scares throughout. Would that bother it you? Was, it was almost exclusively jump scares. It bothered Ilgum. She was yeah. pretty... She was even more disappointed with the movie than I was because jump scares are just lame to her. Um, the jump scares, they all got me. <laughs> Not gonna lie, but... Right. I mean, yeah, it doesn't make for a particularly interesting or memorable movie right 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 yeah um, jump scares are awful yeah <laughs> they're the worst i uh, yeah. i mean i can know you're right next to me and you just scream in my face and i'm gonna jump like it's yeah. so cheap like there, there's no there's no real reaction there you're just startling me and it's annoying yeah what'd you think of it damien yeah so there's a couple times like carrie's like snuck up behind me or not she, she just walks up behind me and i turn around and she doesn't even think like she's being sneaky or anything and i turn around and i yeah. You know, I cocked back. I got my fist up in the air. I was like, ah! And she's like, what are you doing, you psychopath? Like, <laughs> yeah. like, don't sneak up on me. She's like, I was just walking by. I, As much as Ilgum hates uh, jump scares in movies, she also hates them in real life, which is super yeah, disappointing because it was one of my favorite things to do. And Oh, and oh you jerk. I can't. She'll kill me. She'll divorce me. <laughs> you deserve it. <laughs> Till death do you part, or, or jump, jump scare me. <laughs> okay, so uh, so there's some movies you've been watching. What uh, TV you've been watching? I think you mentioned Portlandia, right? Because I have that written down here. Yeah, that's just been kind of our background, sort of background music. We, yep. Whenever we, you know, we don't have cable, and whenever we don't want to watch something in particular our tv has these internet channels built in and one of them is just portlandia 24 7 so we've left it on that it's hilarious like i the first time i watched i watched portlandia there were a few different skits a few different characters that i thought were particularly funny now that i'm watching it as i'm a little bit older they're all hilarious and they've aged like cheese or wine I don't know what's a better. They've aged like wine and cheese. Yeah. Wine and cheese. Yep. 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 Wine and cheese. <laughs> nice, nice. Wine and cheese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. I gotta check up. I gotta catch up on that. Um, there's like six six seasons now for that, right? There. Yeah, that sounds about right. I've yeah. I've seen a lot of reruns here lately. Yep. Nice. Uh, you also checked out Dahmer on Netflix. That was the thing that was blowing up. Netflix recently, number one thing on there for a long time, right? Yeah, that really went viral, sort of. 
Um, yeah, huh? that, that one that one was pretty good. I I think they did a really good job exemplifying the bullshit where you know as time has passed or or in the immediate aftermath how people were kind of glorifying Dahmer racist bigots that were latching onto him as some sort of superhero i feel like they did a really good job with that and uh and then towards the end and and at the end really putting an emphasis on his victims which i mean truly i never heard anybody talk about which i guess is sort of the case for most super serial killers i almost said superheroes serial killers <laughs> uh homelanders <laughs> victims uh you know you always talk about what they did and and all that and how they did it but you never really talk about who they did it to and uh there's a yeah. a, a, a strong emphasis on that part of it sort of in a social justice kind of way but it was uh tech tactful right yeah your social yeah that's yeah the stuff they always think about when uh talk about Dahmer is how it was just so obvious so it's, it's obvious in retrospect to a lot of times when they talk about who he was and the things he did and neighbors are sometimes like you know I knew it I knew that I knew the entire time you know, no, you didn't. If you did, you would have said something. <laughs> but also, Linda, the they, block smells like rotten meat. You didn't say anything. Don't lie. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but also, there was multiple instances of people coming out of the house. Especially, there was, I think, there was a, an Asian guy, right, that came out of his house and was bleeding profusely and had a concussion. And the cops came by and they were like, "So, uh, is this a, is this like a consensual gay thing or what's going on here?" He's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." This is a bit. This is a bit. Yeah. <laughs> What's going yeah. on here? Are, are you okay? And then they just they, like sort yeah. of ignored it and it's just. Yeah, there was a lot of. What? Yeah, there, there, there was a lot of uh, discrimination. Uh, you know, they they had to go get deloused because they stepped into a gay man's apartment. The, the police did. Yes. They went back. They said they were going back to get yes. deloused. That kind of stuff. And and yeah, that there it's was one. Alive. That Asian kid you mentioned he was 14 years old and the police actually brought him back to the apartment and gave him back to Dahmer yes yes because because he said he was his boyfriend and and they didn't want to deal with the gay shit yes the gay shit and then sort of the uh a major theme running throughout like any true crime story you listen to is not it's not really incompetence on the police part I mean it is some of that but it's also just like they don't want they it is like you said discriminating against uh, the gay people against minorities very much uh discriminating against um you know sex workers they they're targets of serial killers for a long time and they are just sort of like all right well whatever <laughs> they were asking for because yep. they were out there trying to get uh, money for sex so fuck them anyways so yeah a lot a lot of discrimination on, on the part of law enforcement in a lot of those stories you'll see that a lot Yep, yep, yep. Yes, sir. So, what do you guys think about stuff like that? Yeah. Do you think it's just like, I mean, it just seems like every time there's like, a, oh, yeah, let's, uh, who, who's the one that uh, Zach Efron played? What was he that? He was guy? Uh, Ted Bundy. Yeah, okay. So, Bundy, and then you got like Dahmer, like every time something, because there's always like a new one popping up, new documentary, the new uh, how this was done, blah, 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 like that. It's just, yep. it's just like, 
Imagine being like a family of a victim though, and just like say yeah. like new Netflix special, and you see that rise like number one. It's like cool, like you know, kind of just get get uh, get your entertainment off, you know, like something that caused me so much misery. And, on, and additionally, like like there was a, like we talked about the podcast, the last podcast on the left, how I enjoy listening to those guys talk about that. Well, yeah. I, I did. I, I don't really listen to them anymore, but. Because it it, see, it always seemed like they took the piss out of the the, the serial killer s- serial killer sales, you know, like just kind of like, oh yeah, like he did this, oh yeah, and then they just have like jokes at his expense, and and like I get why they're still talking about it, but like it's not like I don't know when you got like a documentary like this, it almost feels like they're memorializing it, it just like bringing it to the front line, and just like talking about it in a serious way. It seems like that's exactly what they wanted to be remembered for him where you just fall right into it when you make things like this. Do you guys have like that same like yeah. uh, opinion on that? Yeah. yeah, in yeah fact, you, actually victims, in, in yeah. Dahmer, if, if you've watched the series, they, they talk a lot about that, about how there were comic books coming out and stuff that the uh, victims actually sued to get profits for even the, fa- even uh, Dahmer's father, um, wrote a book and they the way they played it out in the in the series is that it, he he wasn't necessarily doing it for profit but the victims families sued and they got all 100% of the profits of the book sales oh okay well, that's good at least well, yeah yep, yep, yeah yep. i mean i i haven't watched that documentary but uh i can I, tell. I just had that thought like I, I yeah like the thing is like i don't i i don't know i don't like hearing about it i don't like knowing details like the guy existed and that that's shitty but like i don't want to like learn anything about it or about him you know but at the same time it's like like how 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 did other people feel about this i don't know i know how i feel but i was wondering how you guys feel about it because you guys actually watched it and i didn't watch it but i heard about it i know i know the story Oh, you didn't watch it okay (laughs) no i know the story pretty well yeah yeah, yep, yep, yeah. Yep. Like, who doesn't? You know, it's like that's what I'm saying. Like, why do we need another documentary about like this? I don't know. Like, all you're doing is just reminding people, you know, every ten years, like this Batman yeah. existed. Yeah, exactly. Don't need it. Um, yeah. So let's see. What else you be watching? You're watching the Patient on FX. Yeah, yeah. We uh, almost exclusively. I think it's on Hulu is where we started it. But yeah, it's almost. We almost exclusively started it because it's got Steve Carell in it. Yep. Um, it's not a comedy, but uh, it it's pretty good. It's it's kind of slow in the storytelling. It feels like things could have moved a little quicker here, but it's basically about a, a therapist who is kidnapped by his patient, and uh, his patient is is trying to get help stop to stop killing people. He basically is killing everybody that that gets on his nerves. Um, <laughs> yeah. And yeah, we haven't finished it yet. I think there's still one or two more episodes that haven't been released yet. Um, all right. Yep. Would you recommend? Yeah. Would nah. you recommend it? Not really. Nah. nah. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's, the one I, that's the one where I see the previews. Like it's Steve Carell. He's all scruffy and he's like screaming. Like he's like, ah, and it's like, oh wow, it's a side of you I've never seen before. Yeah, like screaming angrily. Right. Yeah, Carell's yeah. been doing a few okay. things in the past, like uh, I don't know, 
six or seven years. Actually, probably more because the big short came out around, say, 2014, 2015. That was about the uh, global financial crisis. Um, so he, he was in that. He was he had a really good performance as the psychotic uh, wrestling coach and fox catcher. This guy killed his um, – the guy he was training. I forget the guy's name, but it was a DuPont uh, – Owned a yeah, Kurt Angle trained Kurt Angle. under him. Yes, 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 yes. So he yeah. played a guy named Dupont that killed. Um, was it college wrestling uh, guy? College wrestler? Yeah, collegiate. Yeah, yeah. collegiate wrestler. Exactly. So he, I might have even been Olympian. I'm, I'm, yeah, I don't know. he was getting up there, but yeah, he was really good in that. So yeah, uh, Carl's been doing a few things the past few years that have been uh, not comedy. He's drama. also been doing Space Force, which is pretty funny. That, oh, is it? Oh, okay. I haven't heard good things about it, but uh, no, I think generally, uh, yeah, good, people so. don't like it. But we when yeah we watched it and we thought it was pretty funny. So nice, nice. And then tell me, uh, let me take a piss. And then you tell me about Love Is Blind. Oh yeah, so, yeah. yeah. You can just talk. Yeah, go ahead. That <laughs> is sort of an accidental guilty pleasure. Uh, it's something that that Ilgum started watching just to pass the time because that's the kind of shit she does. Just watch these random, awful, horrible reality shit. (laughs) Like just to have on in the background. Um, But basically the gist is, is that these single people interview each other uh, in these pods with a wall between them and they're not able to see each other. And over the course of a week or two, I think they try to uh, find love without actually seeing another person. And then at the end of the time, if they find if they think they found someone that they love, they propose. And then the rest of the series follows their uh, relationship through marriage and uh, or not marriage. You know, it all builds up to a climax where you know so and so may say no at the altar um but yeah it's it's surprisingly interesting at least the last season was we just started the the newest season and it's not quite as interesting but the the characters in the second i think i saw the second season with Ilgum for the most part and the characters were just really really off the wall like they have got to be they were all cokeheads or just <laughs> really bizarre personalities or just paid to act like assholes maybe yeah but in this (laughs) this third season that we just started it's they're much more realistic human beings so it's not as interesting Hmm. but we're still watching it very cool yeah yep yeah what do you think about it damien i haven't watched it uh, love is blind because i don't (laughs) uh partake in that um you don't dabble in that nonsense (laughs) don't dabble in that uh, (laughs) that smut (laughs) reality show nonsense that uh yeah troglodyte behavior no that's not me i've watched i've watched a few uh uh, like uh pay money webby on 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 twitch uh he he was he'd say he was playing the sims but he was streaming 90 day fiance <laughs> yes and uh it's funnier when you're watching it with like uh like a chat room and they're just like you get your inside jokes made and you got somebody ragging on it and everything but uh there are some wild reality shows out there the 90 day fiance's the characters that they had on there were were super i don't know just they 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 ranged at like the who was being 
shown on TV. There was a, there was another one that he started doing that he quickly got off of. It was like this Shauna Ray or something. She she's a grown woman, but she looks like a twelve year old child. Uh huh. And she's trying to find a boyfriend, and he's like, I don't even know if we can stream this kind of thing on Twitch, like. I know she's old enough, but it don't look like she's old enough. You know, she looks like she's 12. Right. And then there was even this other one too, where it was like, uh, the, the people on the show, they were autistic or, and they were trying to find, they were trying to match up other autistic people. And it's just like, this feels yeah. odd. Yeah. Like this is, this is like the, the bar for like fucked up. For reality shows like i know right. like you know like you shouldn't like oh yeah they're autistic they shouldn't have a show like this but they're, they seem like almost exploitation obviously it's, it's reality shows right and it's just like this I, don't, I feel weird watching this we're not gonna watch this one but right yeah like the stuff that's out there is just wild yeah it's that's not uh that sounds terrible i will not be partaking in that thank you very much <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, I didn't so, even know you make yeah. a show like that. Honestly, right? Yeah, you can do anything really. If, if you put if you put I your guess, mind to man. it, put your mind to it, you can do anything in this world. Um, yeah, a lifetime will show it. Yeah, so let's let's get to some of the books we've been reading. Because um, I want to talk to all of you guys about the first book, and then we'll dive a little bit deeper into the second and third book. Uh, but Andy, how far are you into the Way of Kings? I am about. 20%, I think, 25% through the Way of Kings. I am at, oh, the part where I'm just really getting to know, oh, shit, Shalon. 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 Just really getting to know yeah. Shalon and her true no, intentions. It's Shalon. Of- Definitely Shalon. It's Shalon, really? Yes, it is. Did <laughs> you say, say Shalon? Yeah, I call her Shalon. It's obviously Shalon. Listen, we all don't use audiobooks here, okay? We all don't use audiobooks. <laughs> okay, fancy pants. I have no idea. With your I'm eyeballs. just winging it, buddy. Ring, read awesome. with your eyeballs? That's weird. Nobody does that anymore. Is it at least Is it at least Kaladin? <laughs> yes, yes, it's, it's Kaladin. Kaladin, yes. Okay, all right. Um, anyway, just getting to the part with, with Shalon where she, we're kind of seeing her true intentions of why she wants to become a, uh, a pupil of this person in... Gar Garbrands, Garbrands, city, the city. I don't know who yes. she's trying. I don't to know. Yeah. You heard it. <laughs> <laughs> she's trying to become a pupil of of some high high level person, but it's all to steal her shard blade. That's what she wants. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Caladan, which is may or may not of... be real, the shard blade. Yeah. Okay, that sounds like You're a dope, spoiler. Right? Yeah, well, I said it was Sh- either or not. Dope. They are well, dope, I'm gonna, yes. I'm just going to tell you what else I know about this series, okay. and then I'm going to yes. go get a drink right. while you guys yes. fill this shit with spoilers. Yes. So, yes. And then I'm also <laughs> uh, on the other side of this with Shalon being in Gabranth. I'm pretty sure that's wrong. Gabranth. But anyway... You're mixing your Final Fantasy twelve in there. Fuck, you're right. That's what it is. Anyway, that city sounds dope, and I want to go there. But yes, also, uh, Kaladin is in the process of sort of building his bridge crew into some yep. something. Bridge gang. His, his gang. Bridge four. <laughs> bridge four, yeah. Into something uh, yep. meaningful for him, I guess. Uh, he, he's making an effort. <laughs> 
So that's where I'm at. And actually, I just got a notification yeah. on Libby that uh, they returned the the person returned it. So I'll get it back. I'm gonna wait till Monday. Congratulations. To get it back. Thank All you. right. So yes. Right. So, so I'm at this step point, away, spoilers. Get a beer. Yes. <laughs> All right. Spoilers from now on for, for the next five to ten minutes for the Wave Kings or for the Stormly Archive, basically all of it. Let's expect all of it, all the spoilers. So I have I have some notes, some notes here. Um, let's I'm see. Excited. Yes. So we didn't really talk about the book at all. He just sort of dove into it. But uh, Brandon Sanderson is the guy we talked about. Brando Sando, as he's colloquially known Brando as Sando. Brando Sando. Uh, he wrote the first Way Kings draft in 2003. The manuscript was uh, differed slightly from the published text. Uh, he referred to it back then as the Old Shard series. Um, so yeah, he's been writing for a long time. I uh, we were saying before the pod that I'm not the biggest Brando Sandoz uh, fan. I've read um, a lot of the Wheel of Time, Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time, and then Brandon Sanderson came on to help finish it. I feel like Robert Jordan, guys like Frank Herbert uh, with Dune, um, even modern stuff like with uh, the Expanse, James S. A. Corey writing the Expanse. It's just more uh, dynamic. Um, things are moving forward much more quickly um, in these other books that I just mentioned and the writers write in a more dynamic, dynamic way. Um, I have a review from Goodreads that I want to want to quote here because it's very much in line with my um, with my analysis of the book or my preference of the book. Uh, and it was one of the big ones, so I thought they would just have it right here, but apparently not. Uh, Let's see. Yeah, I mean, I could, I definitely know yeah, what you're go, saying. Well, yeah, the, go ahead. The dynamic stuff. Uh, I the the book uh, that was one of my biggest problems was I, I felt like it was kind of a slog to get through at times. Like there was a lot of like uh, moping from the main character's part, and just like I just felt like you were treading mud, you know, for a bit. And then like the what really got me, like when I was reading the Way of Kings, I was like, I don't, I don't think I'm gonna stop after this book. I'm just gonna finish this book just to say that I did. And then the the ending was like like I was jacked to the tits reading the ending, and I was like, <laughs> "All right, I'm in for book two. And then when, even when I started book two again, it had the same thing where it's like, "All right, well, you got thirteen hundred pages to read. Like obviously, there's a lot of filler, and it just it just like you didn't move it around as fast. But then I got to the end of book two, and I was like, "I'm jacked to the tits again. Like he knows how to close. <laughs> right, always yeah. be closing. He can close. Yeah, he closes very well. <laughs> I'll say that." Did you find that review? Uh, unfortunately, no. Oh, okay. Um, no. So no. I think I found it. Um, let's see. Da, 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 da. Okay, so yeah. He says, uh, what troubles me about The Way of Kings is that I felt like I was reading the fantasy equivalent of a walkthrough of the Field Natural History Museum. It's very thorough. It's very detailed. It's very interesting. The world is. Um but it's equally devoid of action. You've uh, put it another way. Mm. A saltwater fish tank at the Shed Aquarium. Uh, watching the sea, uh, Anami wave pink arms at the clownfish darts in and out. It's interesting, but worth six hours of undivided attention. Um, so he says, narrative shifts primarily between three people. Shalon, a penniless noble who wants to apprentice herself to a scholarly heretic intending to steal her soul jewel. Um, Kaladin, a former <laughs> former surgeon and talented soldier who now wears the slave brand. And Dalinar, a prince and uncle to the king. I like Dalinar. He's a very, very compelling character. Dalinar's cool. Dalinar is very cool. Um 
So they say, you know, it's a slow, thoughtful book, close to the, to the exact opposite of, of The Alloy of Law, the only Sanderson book they read before. Um, he, can, he builds a complete world with very varied landscapes and a unique social and spiritual culture. I should have loved it, but what I found is a complete absence of grippiness that takes you by the throat experience. The problem? A lack of dynamic, dynamic tension. Internal tension comes out in the conflicts each of the three main characters are facing and their indecision on how to act. So that's a lot of it, too, of like, you know, the, uh, pretty much every character um, is equally as indecisive, right? There's there's all these yeah, people. Yeah, flip-flopping sons of bitches. Yeah, so there is really no version of, I don't know, like a Tywin or like a Cersei or like somebody like that. And I think in a way it's, it's unfair to compare uh, this book to that because it's, it's a very different book. But, you know, in, yeah, in Game of Thrones you had so many um, all the plot lines were very compelling. All the plot lines, plot lines you wanted to come back to, because you had, you know, these interpersonal conflicts, but not even conflicts too. Of like, you know, they would pair people up, and you'd be interested to see how each person played off each other and how each person sort of influenced each other to become a better or worse person. So you had people like, you know, Brienne and Jamie, their whole storyline in season three. Uh, Bron, Bron and Jamie, um, their whole thing. Um, and obviously Arya and the Hound had very compelling, um, you know, interpersonal, uh, not even conflict, but like I said, they, they, each person, each character seemed to bounce off each other and seemed to shape each other in a very interesting way. And I'm not just right. seeing this here, especially with like, um, Del or Kaladin and Shallan, you know, this sort of like back and forth, will they want the sort of thing seems sort of very, I don't know, artificial and sort of, um, it's just not compelling. I don't know. <laughs> they both seem to like each other, sort of, but that I think it takes a very skilled writer to sort of craft a very uh, organic and natural uh, progression, relationship progression. And I feel like he just isn't able to do that here, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. The Shallon thing with Shallon and Callan relationship, um, uh, it, it has a nice twist. I don't know if you've gotten to the point yet. Uh, nope. I, I'm I haven't. pretty sure Adeline. Yeah. Okay. All right. Sorry. <laughs> you didn't know you were back. <laughs> just, right. just got here. <laughs> we'll talk fast. Uh, you probably yeah, don't we'll even know who Adeline is yet either. So. Adeline. I Adeline. think Adeline. I've heard the name. Adeline. Adeline. I've heard the name. All right. Adeline Which, is uh, the son or the nephew of... of, of that's um, right. He's Dalinar's Dal kid. Dalinar's yeah. kid. Why, why, is, why is Adeline the king if he's the son of Dalinar? Doesn't he no. usually... Adeline's not the king. Who's the king? Eccolar's the, the king. Oh, see, there you go again a... with all these fucking <laughs> Eccolar, Eccolar's, Because Dalinar's brother. Yeah. yeah Dalinar's brother, Ga Ga Gav Gavinar, Ga Gavilinar, was the king. Gavilar. And his son, Eccolar, is Alcal the current <laughs> It's king. not Eccolar. What is it? Eccolai? Eccolar. Eccolar, yes, sure. They all end with R. They are, so. they, yes. Dal Dalinar, Eccolar, Eleanor, sure. Yeah. Alan Alda, yep. But yeah, you are right. I, I do want to say, uh, we can move on to Andy's yes. back, but I, yeah. I, I I will say that you're right about the characters between like George Martin and, and, and Sanderson, where it's like each one of them, like their personalities played. Like that's the thing with George Martin was that in his, his, he loves writing like a scene, you know, like he lives for that shit. So yes. when you had like these people having these, these, these battle of wits, the dialogue that they had, he what he had was just like it, it, like they 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 meshed with each other. They they flowed. Yes. They they created growth. All this stuff. That's something that Sanderson definitely doesn't have with with his characters. It feels like. It, 
you can't just take any of those characters and put them together. Like right. you can have Kaladin and Syl, like that's a fun relationship. You can yeah. have. Um, that's it. Okay. See, that's all I got. That's all I got. So you're absolutely right. It's actually, right, right. It's actually I mean, as you get further along I've, in the book, I'm not very far into this into the book yet. But yeah, that the the Kaladin and Syl relationship is one of the things I've enjoyed to this point. Yeah, there's. I mean, there's a few. I mean, uh, you can see where he tries, but like Kaladin and Moash, uh, I think that's going to be a character. Moash, yeah. I don't know if you got to the the whole bridge thing. That's one of the the characters and in there. Rock. But like uh, the the relationship he builds bridge for, that that's you know that's a fun thing. That's a fun little group that yes. you know you got going on through all these stories. But honestly, like there's just there's just what you said. It there's no these characters really don't bring out stuff. It, it, in, in each, each other. other, yes, exactly. Uh, that, that that George Martin has, and, and the world building. He's absolutely right. Amazing world building. Like yes. when the when the Parshendi are introduced, it's yes. just like I want to know more about these things. And then when I finally got to 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 learn about them, I'm like, okay, I'm not interested anymore. Yeah. Like I don't know, I don't know how the hype dies like that, yeah. you know. But like it, it does. Yes, really, I I swear, like what what keeps me hooked on these books is is the last hundred pages. Because the last hundred pages, like I'm just all in, and I'm like I'm ready for the next book, and then I have to suffer through eleven hundred pages, <laughs> and then I get to the last hundred, and I'm like, yeah, let's do it again, yeah. run it back, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was the thing that's interesting. Well, yeah, we can move on, but yeah, the world building and the overall story of the world was what kept me moving forward, and I think that's you know something. It's an interesting thing that he can. Sort of not have very compelling characters or compelling like interpersonal um, conflicts going on between each characters, but he kept me wanting to read just to see how the events of the world would play out. Yeah, yeah. You know, and 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 uh, minor spoiler, I guess. Andy, do you know what a chasm feed is? Ch- chasm fiend is yet? I don't think so. Okay. Well, uh, they're just like these. <sighs> I'll take my headphones. But, oh wait, oh oh, the fiend. Yeah, yeah. The big dinosaur. Yeah, the things they, they fight like for the gem hearts. At eight yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, we Crustaceans. just they just killed that before my book got automatically returned to the library. Okay, yeah, that was like <laughs> these giant creatures, and they're just like you know, like these are a big deal. This is a huge deal, and then like in the later books, they're just okay. We're not doing chasm fiends anymore. Okay, that's that's cool. I guess I don't know how how did something so massive like, just kind of like yeah, you know, disappear. You know, it's stuff like that where it's just like a lot of the, some of the stuff that I get hooked on. It's just like it's it almost feels like a yeah that first uh, chopped off storyline. That battle was pretty cool with the with the chasm fiend. That was yeah yeah that was kind of he's, that was he's kinda a good battle. Yeah, he, he writes a good battle. Yeah, I'll, I'll give him that. I- yes, yes, yes. So very cool. I think I will maybe pause it at the end of book three. I know there's a book four and there's, he's writing a, you know, two or three more to the end of it, but I think I'm going to go ahead and pause there and move on to other stuff. I've been, you know, huge into fantasy this year. Uh, obviously read Dune last year, read um, Wheel of Time this year. So, and some other Patrick Rothfuss. So I think I'm going to mm-hmm. hit the old pause button on the fantasy stuff for now. Two things. Uh, yeah. One, can you, uh, actually believe that there are like there's another series of books that he's written yeah. that people actually suggest that you stop like from book two <laughs> to book three they suggest you stop yeah and go read those other three books before yeah. you read book three 
just so you better understand the world. Yep. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not doing that. <laughs> but cool. Because there are characters that are introduced from that there those are. three books. Yep. And everyone's just like, oh, shit, it's this guy. And I'm sitting here like, he seems cool. Was it Lyft? <laughs> I don't know who he is. Lyft in the third book. Cool. But uh, quickly to go back to the, the George Martin thing. George, you know how um, the Wheel of Time... Like yeah. Sanderson helped stepped in and he did some of that stuff. Right. People were clamoring that uh, Sanderson should, should step in if George Martin dies before he, you know, finishes his series, which right. he will. Yes. Uh, that he should finish Martin's series. And it's like, d- these two authors are like totally different. Like, how, yeah. how do you think Sanderson can write like Martin? Like, it, it makes zero sense. Yeah. No, it would never happen. Or never, it would, would never work if it did happen. Yeah. Yeah, Martin actually has it like in his will that nobody can touch his shit when he dies. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, he's so petty like that. It's, it's, yeah, it's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's bounce over to right, some, yeah, let's bounce over to some stuff Andy's been doing. Andy's playing uh, Slay the Spire. Any more of that going on in your life? Uh, I haven't played in a couple of weeks, but yeah, pretty much. Uh, <clears throat> I've I've haven't really had time to sit down and play anything on the big screen, but the the portability of the switch is paramount in having time to game these days and i'm stuck as at what is it ascension four um okay yep been playing with the defect almost exclusively trying to you know chase the dragon of those lightning orbs (laughs) right yeah, man, oh, the lightning orb build is amazing. When you just can, when you can just, you know, keep expanding how many orbs you have, fill them yeah. with lightning. You know, you get the one, get the uh, the power that triggers one, triggers your your rightmost orb twice every time, and then yes, and then lightning strikes all enemies every time. Yeah, it's it's phenomenal. Yeah, it's OP. Yep, but. It's really hard to get all the right pieces. Yeah, just exactly. When you think you, you, yeah, that was the pain in the ass part about that game. Just when you think you have all the right pieces, you realize that you haven't been taking any block cards. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and even you can even get the block cards, but then it just depends on whether you draw them at the right time or not. Or which boss you get. Like if you've, but I mean, that's the thing, though. There's one, if you've been right. stacking power cards and then you get to the third... Yeah world and it's the wolf you're fucked yeah you just, yeah, you just the wolf there's, a, there's a sweet yeah. spot yeah go ahead there's like there's like a sweet spot where like the attack and the defense like right yeah you actually there's really not you can't like you, you like if you're either a glass cannon or you you find the defensive cards where you can just like turtle shit like there's no like middle ground where like you're strong enough and you have enough defense to weather every single boss. Like, and that's another thing too. When you, when you come across these bosses, it's like, Oh shit, I found the one that has like all the defense in the world. And every time I attack it, I get hit for like six damage, 12 damage, 24 damage. It multiplies by two. And pretty soon next time I hit you, you just like one shot me. Like it's, it's, I understand that's the point of the game that it's like random like that for a reason. There is that middle ground. Like, holy shit. It's so frustrating sometimes. That middle ground does exist, but yeah, it really is just like chasing a dragon because the the randomness that you get with having to draw cards. Yeah. You, you, uh, do you, do you know that you can scroll the map up to see what the mm -hmm. boss will be? So you can sort of craft your, craft your deck from the beginning to 
uh, sort of try to counter what the boss's skills are. You could see future bosses? I did not know that. No, not future bosses. The boss of the level. The boss for that level. I knew that. By the time you get to the third level, hopefully you've already started a pretty solid deck. Yeah. And if if you get the the wrong boss, it's hard to just, you know, re recalibrate your deck. Yeah. A lot of the second uh level bosses too, right? Maybe no, it's the second level boss, right? The the knight is the second level mm-hmm. boss or one of them. Yeah. Yeah, he can he can fuck you over too. Um with those Oh yeah. Especially when you get him down to a third health and he starts just hitting you for like 44 times just, 2 every time. Yeah. Just... <laughs> yup. <laughs> I mean, at that point, that's why I like um, the silent because the silent has a couple different yeah, cards that will. Yeah, he, he has a couple different cards that will make it so your next or the enemy's next two or three uh, turns he can only hit you for a maximum of, of one, one hit or one damage, right? Right. Yeah, that's a good card. Oh, yeah, that's a very useful one. So I don't know. I don't know. I haven't played the defect enough to know, but I don't know if he has something like that where he can either. Uh, not take damage for a couple turns or sort of negate any damage or stun the guy because that's that's pretty much all the all, the only thing you can do um at the end of the game or stage three and, and beyond is you get the only only real way to survive is to get those cards and draw them at the right time right yeah um there's the the event uh the event uh scene or whatever that you can you get the um Oh shit! What are they called? Donut the guy. Ghost, the ghost cards. Um, I forget what they're called. Off the top of my head, the one yeah. there. You get five cards, and they will make the oh, next yeah. the opponent's next attack only deal one damage. And yeah. you can stack those, and you can upgrade them too to where they yep. don't so that to where they aren't ethereal. <clears throat> yeah. Um. So those can be very useful, good. but I think it yeah. it lowers your max HP a certain amount. It does. Yes. So yep, yep, it's yep. only it's only particularly useful if you've also been doing things to, to stack your HP. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of either either have to get it or no, you want to get that card and then recover your max HP, right? Because if you stack, if you're getting like, say, you have like ninety max HP. And then you pick up that those cards, it'll cut your HP in half to forty five. So what we want to do is get is it a percentage? that. No, cuts, I thought it cuts it in half. I haven't. I don't think it's in Doesn't half. It? I think it takes a certain uh, uh, a flat number, like it takes twenty five oh. or thirty off the top. Okay. So if you've been stacking oh. and then you come across yeah. that, it can oh. be it can be great. Same with the uh, yeah. with the uh, vampire cards. Yes, uh, where it yep. swaps all of your strikes for bite. That yeah. can be great. I've never gotten it <laughs> where it's worked out for me. But if you've yeah, yeah, yeah. gotten to the point where your your HP is up around like ninety to hundred, and then you get it and it drops your HP back to seventy yeah. to seventy five, then it's useful. Yeah, but yeah. also it's a good game. Whenever you yes, take, go ahead. whenever I get the vampire strike or the vampire card. It's either right before or right after I've upgraded all my strikes. Oh no, <laughs> <laughs> that sucks. Yeah, yeah, it's good game, good game. Uh, I haven't played a bunch of gotcha games. I pretty much replaced because Slay the Spire was the game I'd play if I get home and have like an hour, hour or two, and just play a couple uh, rounds of Slay the Spire. Now I'm doing gotcha games. I'm totally on the. Uh, I got two gotcha games going at the same time. One of them uh, came out recently. 
Um, it's called Infinite Magic Card, Magic Ma- Infinite Magic Ray, which is just like <laughs> a bunch of uh, gotcha game names all smushed together, which makes it sound like it's just some sort of like Chinese knockoff, but it's actually pretty good. You got like a hundred thousand people in the Discord right now. Um, they do updates pretty much every day. They're adding new, um, they're adding new not abilities, but new uh, new events every day for like you know double. If you pull a pull a thing, you get double the guys. You get double the elites or whatever. Um, so it's on the phone. It's on iOS, and I got actually re-rolled <laughs> like four times the day it came out. Uh, I re-rolled like four or five times trying to get the best characters, try to get the best pools. And I feel like this game, more than any other uh, gacha game that I played in a while, is very much aware that it's a gacha game. So it'll it'll just sort of drop you in at first and then be like, all right, the 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 onboarding process takes maybe like an hour. So it very much knows that you're here to re-roll. <laughs> it like gives you like 50 pulls within the first like half hour. So if you don't get if you don't get very a uh, good group of guys at the very beginning, if you don't get like you know the elites or the legendary guys right, right off the bat, right off the bat, you can just start a new account and then re-roll again. Uh, so it's a very very easy in that aspect. So it looks pretty cool. It's called uh, Infinite Magic Raid. Uh, you can get that on the iOS there for free. But yeah, been playing a bunch of that pretty much every day. Either of you do any gotcha gaming in any way, shape, or form? I used to. Yeah. I used to do it. I was uh, I, I did the. They finally closed down global version of the um, Final Fantasy Record Keeper. Um, I had stopped playing it probably a few months before the announcement. Yeah, it was just funny seeing all these people. Like I was, I was almost a, a day one player, but um, a lot of these people that just. You, you go on the Reddit and you just see the the reminiscing because they kept the, the Japanese <laughs> servers open, but the the global yeah. one uh, went down and they're like they're like why us? And it's like it run its course I, for me. It was it was just like sweet nostalgia trip for a while, and I I had I, I never spent a dime on it, and I still had some got a lot of the the, the sweet ass weapons that people would pay money for like hundreds of dollars and, and, yeah. and just have shit luck that right. they, they, they just never got it. Um, but that was a fun game for a while, but I, I stopped playing that. I was playing uh saga universe um, for a while. I don't know if you ever played saga frontier or romancing saga. No, for, I haven't. No uh, old super Nintendo PlayStation, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, those were fun games and it that was another nostalgia trip going down memory lane. But uh, I also checked out of that one, yep. but now I'm into Pokemon Go again. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I downloaded Pokemon Go on my phone and my wife's phone to get my kids to uh, start walking more, getting more excited to go outside. And it's been working. They uh, they like going out there. My, my youngest loses his freaking mind when he sees a Pikachu in our front yard. So, uh, <laughs> I would, too. It was pretty fun. I would, too, and, to be uh, fair. I remember playing when it first came out. Me and you, actually, we yes. were walking... Walking in pit, walking through Pittsfield, uh, stop day. like, and and that was like when everybody days. was, yeah, the heady days of 2016, that was, that was so pre-pandemic, crazy, pre-Trump, great, great summer, great summer yeah, 2016. Was, yeah, what a time to be alive! Like, like that was fun. People when, look back on that. That's like one of those things where it's just like the the world was united. Yes, you know. I remember yes. driving. <laughs> we were all playing Pokemon Go. I remember driving to work and I saw I was driving through Westfield and I saw a big group of people at a gazebo in the center of town and I was like, yeah. What's over there? I got a, a park. I'm gonna be late for work, but I gotta go see what the fuck they're doing. Yeah, you have to. What's over there? It was it was Pokemon. I, well, I knew it was well, Pokemon. I mean, we were like, it was a Blastoise. Oh, you did? 
Oh shit! All right, I'd be over there for blast. I would too. Yeah, it, there's so actually uh, just today. I was coming home from work and I stopped at this track and I do a couple laps and I use my daily incense and I ran into a, a Zapdos and then about three minutes later, I ran into a Moltres and nice. I did not catch either one because apparently the catch rate for that is 0.3. Oh, <laughs> Absolutely absurd. But to, to, to even see one is a low chance, but I saw two. In like succession, I was like, "Well, damn, I'm already breaking the odds, so I'm gonna catch one of these bad boys." Yeah, didn't happen. I get the master ball, that master ball to catch them easy. You can't get a master ball. You get an ultra. Like you gotta, oh. you gotta do everything perfect. You gotta, you gotta have an ultra ball. You gotta have a golden raspberry to to keep the bird in place. Of course, you get one throw, and it's got to be an excellent throw. Also, a great throw would work if it's a curveball. Oh. <laughs> 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 and even then, it's still only a, a 3% chance. You should only so, ever yeah. be throwing curveballs. Come on. Yeah. yeah. No, I do. I do. I've learned how to do that before. I was just like, why is this not working? You got you to gotta start spinning the ball, drag it all the way to the left. I'm a right-handy. And then I, I whip it up, and then it goes. And I can hit great shots all day all day long. Excellent. I, I've hit the excellent hole, I swear to God, I'll hit more times than it actually hole. tells me. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Can't wait. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But, uh huh. But all right. Yes. Yeah, so so I, I get a lot of greats and I get more experience points that way. But uh, I've caught so much stuff. I, right now I got a I got a ball in. I got I got a shiny scyther. Oh shit! <laughs> I, I like to flex on people. I yeah. put them in the gym all the time. <laughs> They're like, oh shit! Oh, that's a scyther, <laughs> shiny. And I was like, you know it. <laughs> so that's how I get my pokey coins. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's see, what I'm playing. I see. On I, my phone. Yeah. Well, you got some other stuff on here. You got a Steam Deck. You sir got a Steam, Steam Deck. deck. Yeah. How'd you tell get us? That? Oh, yeah, tell dude. us about you, the Steam Deck. Yes, dude, it's fucking awesome. You're sitting here talking about the accessibility of a a, a, a Switch. Yeah. Uh huh. How convenient that is, dude. Steam Deck, like you can't. I mean, you could have well, if you wanted to. Yeah, you could have Nintendo emulation on there. Uh, you could have any emulation, really. I got it right now where I can stream all my PlayStation games onto my 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 Steam Deck. Is it essentially like, a, a laptop it'll, built into a Steam a Switch? There's, yeah, there's the desktop mode. Yeah, desktop mode. I can go in there. It's, I can use it as a laptop if I felt like it. Um, and then there's a gaming mode, specifically for like. Just booting up games, checking out the store. You got your basically the the Steam. Yeah, basically just um, full screen browser Steam. that it would have. And yep. Have you seen yep. what it looks and, like? Uh, Andy? Yeah, so, and then I can go to desktop and I can I can, I can do all my hacker stuff there, yeah. like add programs, uh, uh, put non-Steam related. I got like Spotify and uh, uh, Discord all on my, yeah. my my gaming mode side of Steam Deck. Yep. So I can do all that shit from there, just like. So I don't have to boot up in desktop, which yeah, I mean, no, it it it's 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 a computer basically. It is, but yes. you know, switching between can be a little slow, and you yeah. gotta have a whole setup to it. I I recently got a Steam Dock, nice, where I can put it on there, and then I can I can show it on the television, and I can do all my stuff there. Attach keyboard, mouse, all this stuff. Uh, because if you didn't have that stuff, you'd have to use the touch pads on it, and then bring up the keyboard that's inside the computer, or I'm sorry, Steam Deck, and then uh, do it that way. But Instead, now I got like external keyboard, mouse, all this stuff set it up on my computer or my TV, 
It's sweet. But yeah, yeah. Tell me about all these games that yeah. I just never played before, or it's just like I have, and they're on my PlayStation Four, and I got to go downstairs in my basement and play it, or I got to fight with the kids to like. I want to play Minecraft. It's like, no, I want to play my big boy game. And they're yeah. like, no, I want to play Minecraft. And I was like, no, it's my turn. I don't have to do that anymore. I, I can do it. I can just sit upstairs in bed, just playing like right now I'm playing Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah. And so. it's it's awesome. Like, okay, I'm not I'm not a I'm not a graphics snob. Like the frame rate does drop. It's not a constant 60 FPS. Huh? And I, I know Damien, I can feel you yeah. like rolling your eyes right now. Yeah. But 60 black. <laughs> It's still Poopy. fun for me. Like it's it's it looks good. It looks not not too much different than like a a PlayStation Four on a handheld. Like what you would expect. Like, and I just got and, and getting a Steam library uh-huh. was the worst thing that could ever happen to me. I have bought so many games <laughs> since I got this. Like four dollars. They're all four discounted. Five, yeah, four They're all dollars, discounted. Twenty dollars. Yeah. Okay, but There's always sales all the time. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, when did, yeah, when yeah, did you yeah, get exactly. it? When did you get it? Yep. There's one right now. When did you get your uh, Steam Deck? I got it like two months ago. Oh, so two months ago. So you you missed the Steam the summer sale. You don't even know. I missed the summer sale. You don't even but know. But there's always a fall sale. There's a Halloween sale going on right now. Yeah, yeah, but the summer sale is what's up. Well, there's going to be a Christmas sale too. They're all basically the same numbers. All the numbers are the same. They're always they're always the same numbers. Summer sales is a big one. Well, you're correct, but yes, every <laughs> every season there's spring, okay. spring, summer, fall, winter. There's always yeah, every quarter is a major sale. Yep. All right. Well, then next year, I mean, the first games I got were Fallout was on sale, Fallout New Vegas and and Fallout Three. I'm like, let's, and they were like five bucks. I'm like, yeah, and it was like all the DLC that I, I hadn't actually finished, and I was like, you know what? Fuck it, I'm gonna do it. I can bring Fallout where I go. Now. How much memory does that thing like, have? That's cool. Like, but can like, you just buy a bunch of shit huh? and put it on there and not have to worry about your space, your hard drive? Yeah, right now the one, yeah, the one I got is like 512 gigabytes or something like that, and that's without like putting like an SD card in there or anything like what you can also do. Right, like people got one terabyte cards going in there and all that. Crap. 512 gigabytes. I mean, the memory card is not a lot. What's that? 512 gigabytes is not a lot. PS4s at launch were 500 gigs. Well, well, the thing is, though, it's like I, I can have all those games in my library, and I can have the down, I can download the ones I want. Like I swap it out. Like it might, it might actually be higher. I don't know. I feel like that's some, I that's know. something I could might Google. Be at a later <laughs> Either way, it's it's. I guess it's not a lot. It's a lot for me. I guess it's not for you. Right. I I use my PS4. I like. I have like a total of four games on there, and I'm constantly having to decide which one I want. Call of Duty takes up 200 gigabytes on my my PS4. Like, look, this is bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can. I all kinds of games on there. I was. I've been playing. Uh, I don't know how to say it, but um, I'm gonna give it a shot. The I I you didn't chronicles. Oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah. So the the Suikoden pre- or uh, the influence. So you're yeah. you're playing the, off of you, That's not the 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 new. That's not this. No, hundred heroes. That's the one that's going to be coming out. Right. That's the Suikoden version of it. Exactly. But, yeah. This yeah. one was uh something rising, but uh, you know that that's a fun little game. It's like a, a little side scroller. It's uh you know a lot of fetch quests. Uh, I mean, it didn't get great reviews, but yeah. Like graphically, I mean, it's pretty cool. Like I, I like that whole um, the two D um, scrolling games where it's like the the scenery in the background is just like 
souped up. It looks real good, and you just got like these little animations running across. And yeah, like it, it's just a like fun a game. Like it's nothing special. Valkyrie profile type of thing. Yeah, yeah, like that. Yep, yep. A lot cleaner though. Wow. But, I mean, it's it's really like it's a about triple thirty years newer. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. What's up, yep. Damien? Well, I, got, I got a ton of games that I'm going to be playing. Pretty good. <laughs> Doing, I'm good over here, man. I'm listening. I'm engaging. I'm actively yeah. listening. Oh yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm very intrigued. Steam Decks by are a fun. Steam you got to get one. I, the the portability of the Switch, like you said, has been amazing, and a Steam Deck sounds like it would only. They would Dude, be, you would play so many games. You know, I I think I would too, but then I, in order to do that, I would have to bring it with me to work, and. These last two days, yeah, I would have had time to play games for like four hours, but most of the time it doesn't actually work out that way, and I would just end up carrying a Steam Deck around with me and not being able to play it. <laughs> yeah, and the thing is too, it's like you're gonna want to carry it around with you too because it's like, then you remember you paid six hundred fifty bucks for it, <laughs> right? So it's just like that thing's not I mean, leaving my sight. That doesn't, that doesn't mean much. <laughs> I, I got I paid five hundred bucks for the PlayStation Five, and I haven't touched it since since July. Yeah, but you, it stays in your house though. Like, you, if you bring a Steam Deck with you, it's like I need to know where this is at all times. True. Yes. True. Yeah. Maybe I'll just buy yeah, one. People could just like, oh, this is just sitting on the My table. My birthday's oh. in a couple weeks. Do it. Buy it. If you guys wanted to go in yeah. on something for me, I mean, it doesn't stop there though. <laughs> <laughs> I'll chip in. Yeah, I'll give you. I'll give you twenty bucks. Well, like I said, it don't stop there. I don't know what your Steam library looks like, or if you even have one yet. But the six hundred fifty—that's not where it stops, okay? Because it's like every every week you're like, oh, 10 bucks. Yeah. All right, nailed it. Oh, oh okay. My, I won't go over twenty this my time. Steam, my Steam library hasn't changed <laughs> in like eight years. I think the last thing I bought was like Civ Civ Five. I think was the last thing I bought. Wow. I think I saw a sale for that recently. It's, al- know, it's always on sale. Steam it's sale. always on sale. No, you you probably saw a sale <laughs> for Civ Six actually. Oh, maybe. Yeah. All right, great. Yeah. But it's fun. Welcoming I, I, you guys to, yep, yep, okay. Particularly yep, for you, on, Damien, not yep. so much because he's got his whole master uh, master control center in the, the cor- in the yep. middle of his living room. <laughs> yes. It is there, yep. You, Damien, you, you got a staircase going up to your, your bedroom. Yes. You should just eliminate the staircase. You should just have a way for like that whole center console to be raised up and down. That would be a Like m- it just brings you up to your bedroom <laughs> or brings it back down to the living room. Yes. yes. You're lowered in and just like... <laughs> that would be amazing yes. alright well I'm glad for you guys I'm welcoming you to the PC world even though even if it's just like a Fisher Price my first PC that's great I'm glad for you I'm glad for you all I am yes. I'm so happy where you can experience Steam sales for the first time that's amazing <clears throat> I know I've, I feel like I'm just I, I, I'm like a newborn I experienced Steam sales in 2011 when I bought Skyrim and I think I also bought one of the original Fallout 1 or 2 games that I never actually yes. ended up playing. Yeah. Okay. Oh, you want to do something? Yep. Speaking Not of really. Skyrim? Okay. It was 10 bucks. I bought it. <laughs> <laughs> of course you did. Does your wife yeah, know about this? She doesn't, and she never will. Oh. <laughs> uh. All right, so we have a lot to get to. We're, we're getting late here in the program. So what do you, uh, want, what do you guys night, want to baby. do? Mm. Oh, you want to go all night? Okay, we can go all night. Cause I got another, I got another pod to do. 
right. I'm doing a part two. I Broncos country. Yeah, my, my heart right. out is in about three hours, so we're good there. Because um, I'm going to do part two with Derek right after this. So oh, the preview for everyone listening, part two will be coming up. Derek! Derek's coming up. Derek works until 10 p.m. PST, so he'll be on later tonight. We'll be doing PST. part two. That'll be coming out the same day. Maybe I'll make it the same pod. Who knows? Who can tell? Nobody. <laughs> that who? What? What are you gonna say? What's the 10, 10 PST? That's uh, one AM for us, ain't it? That's exactly what I just said. Yep. I'm you're glad you're listening. Yeah. Sorry, you cut out. But that's <laughs> okay. that's roughly eleven AM for Dion. Uh Damien. For Dion for Damien. <laughs> uh okay. Yep. Uh-huh. Um so yeah, what do you guys want to do? You wanna you wanna do some House of the Dragon talk? Or do you want me to talk about Andor? Uh Andy hasn't watched House of the Dragon, has he? I no, but we can do the not, sort of same thing I we did with the... Also, um, probably won't, so don't worry about it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So just, mm-hmm. yeah. Dion, you've watched House of the Dragon. It just finished up this Sunday, but yeah. you haven't watched... Yep, that's what I'm going to say. You haven't watched the finale yet. No. So give me your overall yep. thoughts on House of the Dragon on Season 1. Uh, so far, I think it's been a fun show. Uh, I was really uh, disheartened with the whole franchise. Um after Game of Thrones, obviously, like everybody was in the world. Uh, so I went into this with zero expectations. I did not read the books at all because I made it a point. I, I get on my soapbox here. I put my foot down and I was like, listen, I'm not doing this until you finish the series that I, I was that brought me to you. And he's just kind of like, ha fuck you. I'm never going to do that. So I was like, well, I'm never going to read your Fire and Blood books. <laughs> and then, you know, obviously the previews start showing and my wife sees it and she's like, should we? And I was like, should we? <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll do it if you do it, whatever. <laughs> and, you know, it's actually been, <laughs> it's been a pleasant surprise. Yeah. Like, it's fine. It's good. And I think it's saving me that I didn't read any books in it, too. So I can't be like that guy that I was with Game of Thrones, like, you know, like, no, that, nope, I don't like it. <laughs> Why is he going in this direction? Right. doesn't make sense. You know, I don't have to be that person. I can watch it with like open eyes and, 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 you know, kind of appreciate what I see and I like it. Like it overall, like you like, it. you enjoyed it. Enjoying your time there. Yeah. In Westeros. yeah. Yes. And it's a good story. Like, <laughs> uh, you know, the characters are, they're mostly interesting. Like Damon, uh, uh, Viserys, I really like uh, the Viserys. Uh, Damon's acting too. Like, yeah, I like the uh, the Valarians. They're 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 neat guys. Yep. Um, also, uh, I can't even say all their names because they all sound so freaking alike. They do. Uh, Rhaenerys. No. Rhaenys. The the Valerian. Rhaenys. Rhaenys. I like her. She's cool. Yes. She's kind of like the. I noticed there's a lot of parallels to the characters that had like Game of Thrones. Like she feel she kind of strikes me as like a Marjorie Tyrell, yes. like Queen of Thorns kind of person. Yep. Uh, you know, Viserys was uh, you know, with the was the robber. You got um, Hightower, who's kind of like the uh, hand of the king, like Tywin. You know that that kind of guy. You know, even like Marjorie and uh, what's her name, the queen. Um, Viserys' wife. There's you know, wife. Basically, yeah. what I'm getting at is all these parallels. Yep. Like these characters aren't so different than what we watched in Game of Thrones, and you know that was a good recipe uh, in the beginning. Like that worked, and I mean they're basically doing it again. So yeah, yeah, obviously it's gonna be a good show. Don't really have to do too much. 
It's got it's got good bones. You know? <laughs> yeah, dragon bones, you could say. Um, good dragon bones. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I really did enjoy it. Great, great uh, last episode. Second to last episode you saw, though. You saw the um, final episode with Viserys uh, walking up to his throne, right? Yeah. That was a lot of people. Oh, that was a badass. That was a lot. With the, with the gold mask? That was a lot of people's, yes. That was a lot of people's favorite, favorite episode. Yeah. Uh, incredible performance by Patty Considine. Um, as King Viserys the first, um, yeah, it's him just walking up there very slowly, dropping his crown, having Damon finally show respect to him and help him up there, and uh, the whole moment with yep. uh, uh, picks up the crown, puts it on his head. Yes, like here, King, you drop this. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you had but then that moment where you had like Vaymon, what was his name Vaymon, right? Vaymon Valerian, the uh, brother of um, uh, Renice's husband. I think it's just Damon, isn't it? Vaymon, no, it's uh, the Valerian guy. He was, he comes up and he says, "Those, oh. those kids are bastards, and she's a whore." And then, uh, yeah, right, chunk. chunk. <laughs> he could. It wasn't. I mean, it was a clean cut, yeah. but it was like diagonal too. So like, you saw like some of the tongue like sticking He's out. Like, he, like, I'll have his tongue. He's like, Nah, I got it for you. No, he was like, take his tongue, <laughs> and he was like, No, nah, he keep, he can keep his tongue. <laughs> He's gonna lose his head. Yeah. But oh yeah, that's what he said. He can keep his tongue. Yes. And it was just like kind of like hanging right there, like through the throat hole. Just wild. Yes, that yeah. Yeah, I will, th- go ahead, man. Like it's crazy how much they can get away. Like how many people they can kill in plain sight in the middle of a great hall. Well, yeah, and nobody bats an eye. Yeah, no consequence. No. Well, you can't say that. You're you're being seditious there. You're saying <laughs> you can't be saying that stuff about her her kids and herself. Well, I mean, even we remember when they got married. The, the the wedding the wedding nuptial stuff and like that dude just got the shit pummeled out of him just like face was turned into mush yeah like that happened in in the same freaking hall with all these witnesses yeah like it's it's not it wasn't just that like okay maybe the dude shouldn't have been calling the kids bastards but it, I mean it doesn't take much <laughs> to get ganked and oh yeah there was another one where uh the Baratheon kid yeah. he stabbed he stabbed that one that was mouthing off to him and it's just like everybody dies. In this room. Yes, they do. <laughs> a lot of death in that room. They got to film in a different room. <laughs> <laughs> Were you pissed that, uh, speaking of Renice, are you pissed that she didn't uh, torch them, torch the high towers, and tor- torch Alicent when she had the chance? Oh, man. Listen, it, it just, like, you do those moments where it's like you look back and it's like, if I had just done this, obviously there would have been no story. Like, right. that was it. That was that moment where it's just like, well, you know she's flying away. I mean, because, like I said, I haven't watched or read the books or anything like that. But you know enough of the lore from Game of Thrones to know what's happening. There's going to be, like, civil war and everything. Right. So she's leaving to join up with other allies that are going to fight this army. Like, if she had that, that knowledge, why didn't she just cook them? Right. You know? But... I don't know. I it was a it was a display of power and it was like honor and it's just like all right, you fucked up now. Like, I grant you this, but next time you ain't gonna be so lucky. Yeah, I I get it, but right. it's just like fucking cook them. I would have cooked <laughs> all of them. I don't care. Yes, uh, great great season finale, great season overall. Um, I think what you know, I was talking about this with the Stormlight Archive. We're saying it's kind of not fair to compare it to other series that are, you know, in the same vein, same fantasy realm, but written better, <clears throat> like Game of Thrones was. Um, but yeah, if everyone's comparing this to Game of Thrones, is this 
Does it sit anywhere in your favorite Game of Thrones uh, seasons overall, or is it too early to tell? Mm. Yeah, I would put it in there. I, I, I mean, I, I couldn't tell you where exactly, but I would feel that it was in the top half. Yeah. With, with yeah. like season two, I was, I was pleasantly entertained. I thought that the, the, uh, the relationships between the characters, the banter. Uh, I mean, some stuff was a little ridiculous, but it definitely didn't get as ridiculous as the later seasons of Game of Thrones, um, and even a couple of the middle ones too. But I, I think I would hold the first like two seasons of Game of Thrones uh, above it. Right. And I'm weird, but I would take like season, what was it, six. Just because there were like some episodes where I'm like, yeah. that was awesome. Well, whatever one had like Jamie and Braun fighting the Dothraki army, and like there were just there were there were moments in those those shows where I was just like, oh man, like oh yeah, the mountain, the mountain in Oberon, yes. like that season, yeah. was like one of the top ones for me. And I know a lot of people look back on that one like, Meh. but I would say so like maybe the first two seasons, that season, and then and then this one right here, yeah. It's got some of the stuff uh, of like the the dialogue and the lines that I remember from Game of Thrones. Like anybody else in here got anything else to say? I'm gonna fucking kill. The, I'm gonna eat all these chickens. You know those lines from uh, from the mountain. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know. Uh, Fuck salami. <laughs> you know uh, uh, you can wear it with wear it with honor or honor you again. You know the slapping Bobby oh, Bobby yeah. B slapping yeah. Cersei. You know, there there are some lines in here in this show that were pretty good. You know, he can he can keep his tongue, like we said. You know, but overall, I feel like uh, these boys are very strong. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, oh, you cheeky bastard! <laughs> <laughs> He's awesome. I love that guy. I love uh, what's his name, Amond or Amond? Amond. 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 Yes. Amond. Amond. So everybody else is named Eamon. Yeah. Eamon. <laughs> he uh, gets a moment. And he's got enough chin for everybody. <laughs> Fucking chin and the smile and the smirk. Dude, Perfectly cast. I love the looks that Damon gives him too. Like yeah. It's like this begrudging like respect where it's just like, I like you. Yeah. And the other one's like, I obviously model myself after yes. you. But like, we can't just be like openly like ah like there's just a mutual respect and it's it's a fun dynamic they have you know it's it's the relationship stuff that i mean that's a lot yes. of what game of thrones is based or uh strengths are and it, stuff like that like they they literally have not said one word to each other but it's the looks and their mannerisms and the presence when they're around each other where you that 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 goes to like the storytelling and 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 and, and just the fact that they don't have to say anything to be to 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 have that relationship. So, yeah, cool. you see a lot of stuff in the eye movement and the facial uh, facial recognition, uh, the eyes of, uh, like you said, Damon and Allison has some eyes, but especially uh, Emma Darcy. Crazy. Yeah, eyes. Emma Darcy with her eyes as the older uh, uh, Rhaenyra's, Rhaenys, not Rhaenys, Rhaenyra, older Rhaenyra, Emma Darcy playing older Rhaenyra has some incredible eye movements and eye <laughs> eye movements facial movements in the show especially at the end especially in the last episode pretty incredible stuff yep mm. yep yep how do you feel about like just the open openly rampant incest <laughs> i mean <laughs> that's it's it's very you know reminiscent of our world i think there's incest in high in high in places of high high society and high uh High royalty, so that's very, 
accurate, I guess. You know, I mean, it's it's happening in our world too. Pornhub. It's happening. Yes, yeah, in yeah. Pornhub. Yep, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so so it happens in our world too. And so it's like, bro. well, is, is it realistic? Is it, you know, would it actually happen? Would people not actually say anything? Well, yeah, it's happening right now. So. Of course they wouldn't. <laughs> well, I mean, well, the thing is, like back then, like that wasn't even frowned upon. Oh, I mean, I'm saying in the in the Game oh, of Thrones yeah. world, like yeah. that's just just how it is. It's like, okay, your brother and sister, uh, you guys are going to be married. Aunt, so, Aunt and cool. niece, yep. Like uncle, it wasn't even thought about, but niece. it's just weird. It's just like you have that one scene where you know, uh, Rhaenerys is is giving chase to Damon and like, oh, whatever. No, he was giving her the tour of the town and they end up going through the whorehouse and it's like he's got a paint against the wall and pulling out her pants and it's like, that's your niece, dude. The world knows yes. it. We know it. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. But, but it's not taboo in that world and it's like, it's it's kind of like mental gymnastics you got to do with yourself. It's like, all right, I guess I'll just try to, to put this aside. Like, I don't know. It just seemed like when it was just Jamie and Cersei going at it, that was one thing. Yeah. But now it's just like, all the brothers are fucking all the sisters. All the uncles are fucking all the nieces. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, it's everywhere. Yeah. What do I do? Yep, exactly. All right, let's move on. Uh, Andy, still there, bud? Alive and well? Yo. Do you think you'll dip your toe in the Game of Thrones world? Anytime uh, in the near future? Probably not, honestly. I think we're... No, was it the incest talk? Come on. <laughs> nah, we're just we're just Rude. a little too late to the party. A little <laughs> yeah. late. No way, you can't be late to the party. Like you got the house of the dragon. That's I mean, this is a fine point to jump in. Yeah. To start with? You could just, you know. Yes. Yeah. This actually is a prequel. Yes. This happens like uh, uh, 200, 200 know, years. Like 400 years 200 before. Years. Yep. That sounds irrelevant. It's not actually. It shapes the whole seven kingdoms. Yeah. What man. do you mean oh, irrelevant? Shit. What does that mean? Irrevel- irrelevant. I'll tell you what's irrelevant. White Walkers. Yes. Spoiled. <laughs> for this for this show, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Andy, what you've been listening to? Do you? Let me ask you this first before you talk about what you've been listening to. <clears throat> when I dropped my stuff in here and Dion dropped his stuff in here, did you go? Oh, let me uh, let me listen to some of this stuff because it's not up your alley at all. But did you did you do the did you give me the respect? Did you give me the, some of the uh, acknowledgement? Did you did you try I, some other things that you wouldn't like just to appease me? I have not. Good, glad. I'm glad. I'm fine. Um, it's fine. I'm actually I'm, I'm fine. perusing I said, I'm these fine. things now. <laughs> I'm perusing these things now and thinking that I will check out some of them, but it won't be Taylor Swift or Carly Rye Jepsen. Early Ray Jepsen, you yeah. How dare <laughs> you? How dare you? How fucking dare you? I got some of these other things that I don't recognize, like snail mail. That could be interesting. Uh, Arctic monkeys. I've prob sounds Are, like something I probably should have heard of by now, but uh, try. You, you definitely heard Carly Ray yeah. Jepsen. Yeah, before. no. You want me to hum you a far oh, yeah. bar, few hum bars? It. Oh, you know what I'm talking about, Sing right? It. Yeah. Hey. I just met you. This is crazy. This is crazy. Seriously, is that her? But here's my number. That's not. So that is not Carly Rae. Yeah, no way. Dude, that's her. Is it really? That's her. So let me, yeah, let you me love that straight. song, don't you? I love it. I know it. I know it though. <laughs> it's also on a commercial now. Like it's hilarious. Because uh, I mean, I listen to this new album, and it's it's fine. 
but you know nothing beats like the the comedy maybe in my heart like that just that was that was a crazy time for me in my life and now i'm seeing this commercial with like this black security guard he's just like going off like you know he's walking down the stairs and it's just like i don't know anything he's a security guard thinks he's just anyways the point is it's just like it's just like starts in subtle you know and then he's just like full out rocking to it and i'm like i'm you right now <laughs> yeah i'm digging this vibe yeah so you probably seen that commercial you're probably right it was all in like all Thursday night football. Thursday night football. If you're watching it, that was that was there. I actually didn't watch Thursday night football this week. We were out at a a haunt. Okay. We were out at a uh, the the Lake Hickory haunt is what we did for our anniversary dates. We went out and oh yeah, they did like a. It takes like 40 minutes to walk through this. It's not really a haunted house because it's all outside, but they take you through these different sections of the of a haunt. And, you know, they do like a circus haunt with clowns and people jumping out at you. And they do a a lagoon. Jump scares. A lot of jump scares. Yeah. But real life jump scares are way more yeah. interesting than, than movie jump scares. Yes. Mm, disagree. Yeah. Can't believe you brought your wife to an anniversary with jump scares. <laughs> or is it your ex-wife? Touche. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, so I've been listening to some shit, too. Tell me. It's not not Taylor Swift or Carly Rae Jepsen, but there is this one particular band (laughs) that I've been obsessed with lately called Necrogoblicon, and I think I linked it to you guys a while, uh, probably once or twice, maybe three times or four times. You have, yep. At least five five times. Um, Yes. But super fucking catchy choruses and riffs and it's so heavy but funny too ah, it's so good and they got a gimmick where they're not the band is not goblins but they have like almost like their their manager is this goblin that travels around with them and they have a guy that comes up on stage in a goblin costume and it's hilarious and i look forward to seeing them sometime Okay. Awesome. I wasn't feeling the vibe. You you uh you sent me the link to it and uh it 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 was a rare miss. Is that rare right? miss, I will say. There was something about it that didn't like Yeah, there was something about it that that I couldn't like sink my. I, maybe I just didn't listen to enough of it. But uh yeah. All right. I don't know. Maybe it hit me with another good song sometime. We'll we'll I'll test try it again. again. Yes. I'll try again. Good try. Yeah. What did you what did you think about the new Slipknot? I really want to know. I don't think I've asked you since I listened to it. Yeah, that. I only got through it once. And I don't know if it's one of those things where you got to you know, listen to it a couple times before you really get into it. But I did not get into it. It was pretty uh, yeah. mediocre. Like, maybe. Yeah. Like, did, did you feel what I was saying? Like, they got like, they got Stone Sour in the Slipknot, you know? I get that. I feel like they But it kinda... wasn't even like Stone Sour either. It was like a different st- sound to Stone yeah. Sour. It was like a country. Well, I was thinking that when Slipknot did um, Volume 3, I think, too, where they were just doing a lot of melodic singing to slow, like yep. gloomy music. And I remember thinking that. And eventually uh-huh. all that grew on me. I, I enjoy all that now. But this yeah. particular album, I don't know. I just couldn't get it. You know what? It, I think a big part of it was in the past, Slipknot's ap- lyrics were always really abstract. Not a lot of concrete ideas lyrically going on. 
this one, there's pretty clearly like some some ideological stuff going on, and it's not necessarily things I don't agree with. They're talking about like they're talking about like uh you know the the mob mentality of the internet. Like, sure, I agree with what you're kind of <laughs> saying, but that's fucking boring as hell to sing about because you're slipknot. You sing about cutting throats and fucking them. Right. Like, what are you doing? And then you remember that yeah. the singer is almost 50 uh, and probably is bored with that content. He's got he's got views now. His yep. kid yep. is singing in a band. He's, he's, got a, <laughs> he's got a platform and a voice. Yeah, you, you, you sent me the link to that. And, and, and I was like, this is more Slipknot than what I just listened to. And then when you told me it was his kid, I was like, well, that explains yep. a lot. He feels the same way we do. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But yeah. All right. Good enough. I had a feeling you were going to say that. And uh, it feels good to to know that you kind of agree with me. I, it was one of those ones out. It's like, I don't think I can go back to, to that album. I don't even think there was a song that really stood out that I was just like. There really wasn't. I would put this in a playlist and listen to that. No, there really wasn't. Yeah. Already here, you're disappointed by the new Slipknot. Sounds awful. We're just old curmudgeons. That's all it is. That's yeah. all this is. Well, you've been you've been that. I mean, I I had that thought. <laughs> I had that thought. I'm like, did this did did Slipknot just pass me by? You know, am I that? I guy actually now? see a yeah, lot but... of young people wearing Slipknot hoodies. I really, I do. Yeah. I I've never seen anyone wearing any Slipknot. Uh, attire since like high no. school. Was that at the concert you went to? Is that possible? <laughs> <laughs> it you went to not, a hard rock I, no, to a metal like, festival like, and you're like, what is going well, on I'm, with all the Slipknot hoodies? I pick up my daughter at, at kindergarten these days and I see like middle schoolers wearing Slipknot gear. So, I mean, oh. yeah. That's at the all public right. schools I'll in North Carolina. It. For whatever that Very means. Cool. I can slip not. Yes, I'm not sure what that yeah. means. Me neither. Um, so that's that's unfortunate. Um, means the kids here so in let's go back to dope as fuck. Right. Right. So we were, the beginning uh, conversation we had was about Damien's, me, myself, uh, uh-huh. my evolution as a person, right? Yeah. So when you first met me, we were, we were rocking out to the, you liked the grunge and I liked the new metal, right? Garbage fanatic. You like like techno metal. What would that be called? I remember like Cell Dweller and Oh my uh, god, no. See, you were doing that thing again. You were like, that was Alex. That was Alex. No, 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 no. With a fire starter. You're the fire starter. What was that? What was that? (laughs) The the, smack smack my bitches. That kind of shit. Yes. Yeah. Damien, you were into that? That was that that had like that. Yes. Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah there it is. What's all time that? favorite. The Prodigy. Okay. All right. <laughs> Prodigy's genre. I'm not even sure what you call them. Let me see. Prodigy Te- genre. Techno, yeah. dance, or industrial. 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 Yeah. industrial. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Wikipedia <laughs> just has them as a right, yeah. EDM band. Um, I mean, it's more. It's electronic punk. There we go. Electronic punk. That's what they describe. Okay. Yes, that's what they describe theirs as, and I would, I would as well. Um, very interesting podcast I heard about them, sort of creating that sound that they had in the guitar, and it was like some 
from a um, what was the band the the Cannonball people uh, the Breeders the Breeders had a song in one of their albums the Breeders are an offshoot of the the Pixies you guys are aware of the Pixies yes where's yep. my mind so where's my mind exactly yep so their guitar their uh, their bassist Kim Deal created a separate band called the Breeders and they the one of I guess there was a a riff or a sound that they made on one of their albums where he took that and sampled it. And that's, you can hear that in Firestarter, I believe. So that was interesting. But yeah, so going back to what I was saying, uh, you know, me as a person, 15, 16, 17, early 20s, you know, I was, I was the grunge guy, grunge guy right? And I, <clears throat> you guys liked the new metal. And I was like, yeah, I like that stuff. Linkin Park, not new, not new metal, but we, we sort of bonded over that stuff. And that's where I was at at that point, right? So Lincoln Park was was definitively yep. new metal. Oh yeah, in a good way. You just don't want to admit it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yes, but also way. a lot of other things. New metal is Lincoln Park new metal. Let's see what the let's see what the their first album absolutely was. Yeah, maybe it changed with Meteora. I would still yeah. call Meteora, well, not, but I no. would say no. Uh, the album no, no, after no, no, Meteora, no. maybe. Not so much. The, uh, what was it? Min- Min- the animation? No, no, no. Where they just... No, no, hold on. Minutes of Midnight, they definitely changed their sound a lot there. there that's yes. where that, that's, that's oh, yeah, where that yeah, switch yeah, happened. Sure. Yep. But that was at, that was after Meteor. Too. That's what I'm saying. They didn't switch with Meteor. They, they changed their sound with Minutes of Midnight after Meteor and after Reanimation. That's when they did the, mm. the quieter stuff. Yep. But anyways, <laughs> that's where I Go was. With early your point. 2000. <laughs> My point, yep. Like like you said at the beginning, like we agree, I've, I've evolved as a person, as a human being in the world for different uh, things, for, for who I was. I was a cyclist and now a podcaster. And now, right, the, the thing that I'm uh, jamming to, the thing that I like to put, put into my ears is uh, some, some T-Swift. I want to talk to Deanne about his thoughts about her new album in a second here. But yeah, our Arctic Monkeys, like you said, I think I texted you maybe a few months ago about Arctic Monkeys. They had a new album out and you were like, never heard of these people. And I was like, that's a that's a war crime. That's that's a thing you shouldn't say to somebody uh, because they <laughs> they're one of the biggest, biggest uh, what do you call it? Not indie bands, but like alt alt rock bands of the past 15 years. First three albums, again, t- again yep. talking about like Evolution of Sound, their, their sound has evolved a lot since 2006. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend their new stuff to you at all. But the first few albums very much um, in that sort of in that genre of like the high. Remember the hives. Remember the um, uh, that that era of every band calling themselves the the Strokes, the Hives, the whatever. Remember that. Yep. So yep. they were very much in that vein of of rock music back then. They've changed. They, they've changed their sound a lot. But uh, just Cage for those listening, the elephant. Event, Cage the elephant. Yep. Exactly. They had a. They had a the, 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 Technical, yeah, that was a technical um, inclusion there, but you were correct. I'll allow it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that was into that. But I was always always on the edges of like listening to stuff, the slower stuff, because Kurt, Kurt Cobain of Nirvana listened to a lot of different stuff. So when I listen to stuff like that, I'm always like, who who inspired them? And then I would dig into their, those people's catalogs and always dig into like the Pixies and um, other alternative bands that they were into that I wouldn't necessarily... Uh, recommend to you guys either so that was always sort of their um 
in the background that I was listening to when we weren't listening to the new metal stuff. So this this stuff on here that you're seeing, like Phoebe Bridgers, Lucy Dawkins, Sharon Van N, Snail okay. Mail. Yeah, it wasn't like just a, just a hard right turn the past couple of years. That's always stuff I've been interested in. So that's that's where I'm at right now. Basically, uh, get home, take a shower, put on Phoebe Bridgers in the shower and sort of cry in the corner. Uh, listening to her emo stuff. <laughs> so, Dion, uh, I asked Andy if he, if he perused any of the stuff I put in the doc, but did you peruse any of this stuff at all? I did, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I am familiar with Phoebe Bridgers. I like her. Um, I did listen to the new Arctic Monkeys album for a bit. I think I got to about song four, and then I tapped yeah. out. Um, it's, it's that, I mean, uh, you just said you wouldn't recommend it no. to us, but... A lot of the music that you have listed here is uh, music that I would have in the background yeah. that I, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, not to say that they're the lyric lyrically, they aren't good, but it's just, it, the, their, their music just feels like that type of thing where it's just like a vibe, like a, a, a mood, like I'm, I'm just, I'm just chilling. It's an ambiance yes. and you know, I, I'm here for it. I'm doing something else, but you know, I'm just, I'm just vibing. Yeah. So I like that music for that particular purpose but um it's nothing that i don't think i would uh i, I don't I actively listen to it and find you don't actively engage you don't put it on and be like i'm gonna i'm this this is the only thing i'm gonna be doing i'm gonna yeah yeah not not to like uh to be rude about it but i'd find a playlist i'd be like oh phoebe bridgers radio yes. and then i'd like you know listen to that yes. stuff but like if if her song came on over another one it's not like i'd be able to i would be able to, to tell right really but all, also like i wouldn't uh that wouldn't be what i what my sure. goal was yeah. you know like it's just like I said, <clears throat> like it's just an ambiance sure so for that need it, it fits that perfectly so let me use what you just said to pivot to <laughs> taylor swift's new album midnight uh you said they're they're lyrically not great i think phoebe bridgers and pretty much everybody here uh is a country mile ahead on, on taylor swift in, in terms yeah. of lyrically in terms of their lyric writing uh, i think phoebe Richards has probably right. the uh, most interestingly interestingly uh lyrical artist out there right now so let's talk about taylor swift new album midnight dropped big time one of the biggest yeah, streamed albums of all time on spotify uh what'd you think of her 10th studio album Nah, nope. <laughs> and I think this is the the point where I tap out. This is the point where I say, no longer does she make the music that I uh, go to Taylor Swift for. That's fine that she wants to make a new sound. I'm mature enough to handle that. I like her old shit. I listen to her old shit. But this is it for me. I just was not feeling any of it. Yeah, no, it's which I would say this album is better than the last one that she puts out. But still, it's so far away from anything that I, I. Uh, I even identify with, I guess, even as a uh, T Swifty. Yeah, you know, that's what I like to call myself. This, this, this one <laughs> and like folklore. She's doing that thing that Mike told Walter not to do in Breaking Bad. No half measures, Walter. Walter. Walter no half measures. <laughs> like she's she wants to do folk <laughs> music, but also bring in some of that pop stuff. And it's like, no, do one or the other. Pick one. Pick a lane, bitch. You know. Do do folk if you're gonna do folk, do folk. If you're gonna do pop, do pop. It's like I can I can jam. I can I can. Uh, uh, jive with um, an artist that wants to experiment and bring in different genres and bring in different sounds and mix mixed up stuff like that sometimes. But if you're calling your album folklore, I want folklore. Give me folk. <laughs> Give me some fucking Bob Bob Dylan shit. She was like, I don't think I heard 
uh, on this album and also the folklore one, I didn't hear anything like any straight guitar, any straight acoustic guitar. I think she should have stuck with just completely organic, just her, her and her voice and a guitar or maybe a simple drum in the background. Like none of this felt organic to me at all. Did you hear anything on this album that was like, oh, that's that clearly was just her and a guy and maybe a uh, uh, a bassist in the, in the studio? No, I didn't. And the thing, I I feel like I heard her say something too, where like, um, I mean, it might have been one of the commercials because I the, I I was watching uh, Thursday Night Football and it was in it was running late and she was saying how she was gonna drop this album. It was a commercial for it, and they did like a little blurb on the inside where she was just like, she was really feeling like the production side of it, like like making like mini movies. Honestly. The, the music that she made, it almost felt like an accessory to, to what she really wanted yeah. to do was like these little music video type things to the music. Like, yeah, I don't know. It just, it, it really felt kind of lifeless to me. You know? Yeah. She's, and, she's getting into acting. She wants to do more of that. She's in a new, um, David Russell movie called, uh, Amsterdam, I think. Yeah. She's doing a lot of acting stuff recently. So she definitely wants to pivot to that. So that's probably why she's including all of this like mixed media, multimedia stuff with her album, like you said, with the, with, with, the, with the music video and all that. So that's where, that's probably where that's coming from. Yeah. Um, just did want to mention that she's, uh, for the past few albums, she's been working with a guy, producer named Jack Antonoff and his, uh, his band Bleachers. He came from fun, uh, fun period. He did that song. Wow. Well, we young. Yeah. They did that song. He, he was part of that band. And then his separate band, his solo okay. project, Bleacher, is one of my favorite uh, albums of the past like ten years. That's one of those I would definitely check out if you want to get get uh, figure out where I'm at uh, with my music taste these days. Yep, right. yep, yep. Um, so yeah, and I don't know if you're gonna go there, but I listened to Carly yep, Rae. I was about to pivot there, and I like I enjoyed that one yes. more than I I did bop. Taylor Swift. It's all these and bops. for the first two Taylor songs. I was like, you know what. Taylor huh? had no bops. Carly, Carly brought the bops. I was like, thank you, Carly. Yeah, exactly. And that's, and that's the thing. I wanted the uh, bops. And she came she with did. the bops. And she kind of tapered off towards the end of the album. She brought it back with a couple songs at the yeah. end of it. But like for the most part, I'd give it a passing yeah. grade. It was fun. And actually, I, I thought that was a step up from what she had done previously. Not Call Me Maybe, because that's that's peak. Yeah. But well, and also- <laughs> this was like a good step of like, you know, kind of getting out of that shadow of that yeah. song like creating a different identity for what she is. And, you know, I, it, like I said, it, it was more what I was looking for. More, more, pop, more poppy, more boppy. Yes. Um, she had some lines in there that uh, I, I, I wanted to write down because I knew I could get, <laughs> but I was just like, well, that that's nice. I'm going to use that. But then there are other ones that like were total misses. Yeah. And it's just like, all right, I don't know. You were reaching there, but hey, A for effort, I guess. Yes, exactly. Um, so yeah, I like that album a lot. Um, so I want to get to our top five dustings here in a little bit, but I'll take a piss real quick. We'll take a break. Everybody else can take a break as well. So we'll be back in a minute. Bye-bye. Be right back. I want to talk about bluegrass. Oh, trash grass. Dude, Let's talk trash about trash grass, grass. Black grass. Oh man. I went Dude. down a rabbit hole. It's- did I did you? too. <laughs> yeah. Well, mostly from the shit that you sent me, and then it's just like I, I see one thing. It's like, oh, this is called 
trash grass. All right, that's interesting. And then I, they got so many genres where it was just like, this is a thing. Like, how how do you combine these? Two? I don't know. Hold on, I'm gonna Spotify it right now and just yeah. figure it out. Go ahead, you, oh, yeah. you talk while so, I figure out all the genres well, I was trying. My to My particular favorite, one of my favorites, is. Uh, Band called Tejon Street Corner Thieves. They're, they've got uh, that actually just popped up. That was the first one that popped up. Trash right? Oh, okay. Trash crash. Yep. Yeah. Trash crash. So good. It's it so, sounds like it's just all need. like it's all like songs that you can sing along to in a bar. If everybody, you know, if everybody's fucking just singing along and sloshing their beers around, oh, it just it just right. gets me. Man, everything, every every track is just like something I would. There, there was a, what was it? Uh, one of the one of the playlists is called Trash Grass and Trash Grass and Other Debauchery. Like that's nice. exactly what I would. Yeah, like your your bar life. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, debauchery. There's stuff. another band. <clears throat> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, there's there, there's another band that I've been listening to a lot lately. Uh, Bridge City Sinners. They're more of like a rag. Did I just say that one too? That just <laughs> nice. popped up right here. They're more of like a rag <laughs> swing. Folk punk. Uh, yeah, I get. Yeah, I guess folk punk. Sure. Um, like a ragtime kind of swing band, but like satanic lyrics. It's hilarious and awesome. Yeah, like some of the other genres I was talking about. Uh, uh, Murder folk, Mur- murder yeah. folk, uh, Appalachian murder folk is a whole fucking thing. Like you could just yes, all of these, all yep. of these old school, old timey bluegrass bands that would traditionally sing about you know Jesus and all that shit. They've also got songs about murdering your neighbor. <laughs> yep, we're we're talking Old Testaments here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Good stuff, yeah, man. Yeah, I was just—I was really taken back by like all those genres. I was like, "Holy shit, this is a thing! This is a thing!" And I'm like, people come up with anything. And I remember seeing something like on on Spotify. It was a playlist. It was uh, it was called genreless or something mm-hmm. like that. I'm like, how the, how the hell could anything be genreless? Like, I I can't comprehend what that actually means. Oh. Like, it has to take influence from something. How can you make something that has no influence of anything ever? And if it took influence from something, wouldn't that make it yeah. part of that of genre? genre? I, I think it yeah. just means like harder to find. Right. There's another one. There's another thing. When you say, when you say, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just yeah. saying. The, the, oh, I was oh, trying to hear David, what David was saying. <laughs> when they say genre list, <laughs> they just mean like hard to define the genre itself. They're so yeah. eclectic in their influences that it's just easier just to say genre list rather than trying to find a specific box to put them in. Oh, okay. Okay. Why don't they call it like genre blend? Be- oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, because that would make, I feel like that would like kind of strike. Right. With the, to the core of what they're doing like if we're, if we're taking all the influences then we're blending sure. them but if I'm not taking any influence it would be like well it's like getting an everything bagel oh. as opposed to calling an everything bagel you wouldn't call an everything bagel a garlic and um, 
What's the a raisin? You wouldn't call it a gar- garlic raisin. Sesame Street. Here's the Sesame Street. <laughs> Sesame Seed. Sesame Seed. Yeah, you just call everything bagel. So that's why it's you know. Yeah. Okay, maybe maybe genre full. Is that what you're looking for? Instead of genre less, call it genre genre full. Yeah, genre full. Okay. I'll take okay. genre full. All right. yeah. Good. I'm glad we figured that one out. Thanks. What were you gonna cool. say, Andy? Uh, I was just going to say one of the other bands that I, I keep going back to, and I'm sure I've linked to you guys a few times is Amigo the Devil. It's just, it's a, it, Amigo, Amigo the, the Devil. Devil. Yeah, it's a, like a dark awesome. folk songs, but they, ah, they're just super catchy and, and it's got such a powerful voice. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I listened to him while I was working out one time and, uh, you know, Carrie comes downstairs and she's like, what are you? This music is so to? sad. Like, <laughs> doesn't seem like, doesn't seem like great workout music. Oh, I, I, it, it's, it's motivating. I don't know if it's like the, the, the plotting, the, 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 um, how would you, how would you describe it? I don't know. It's just like, I, I, it's exactly what you you would want for these reps. Like, okay, I could listen to something say, "Oh, pound this bitch out!" Like, ah. But then you got this other one. that's like when when he's going when he's when he's, when he's singing slow and everything, you can time your reps. Like, you breathe out, and then it's just like when you know, like he picks up. It's like, oh, killed a man, and you're like doing that last rep. You're like, ah, you're like totally feeding nice, into yeah. it. Like, yeah, like if I drop this weight on me, I kill me. Like, I don't know. It's just you really get. In the right headspace, gets the people going. Yeah, it's provocative, exactly. And we're back, and we're here talking about Andor, (laughs) Andor, your mother, Andor, my balls, Andor these nuts, right? Am I right, guys? Andor these giggity, Andor these nuts. So yeah, Andor. uh, Yes, go ahead. I haven't watched any of it. You haven't watched any of it. Andrew hasn't watched any of it. That's fine. That's no problem. I have not. You guys got busy lives. You're busy people. Yes. Yep. Andrew. Okay. Okay. I thought you know he's disappointed in you. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Andor. I only get called Andrew when I'm in trouble. (laughs) Um, So I don't want to be hyperbolic about this, but this is the best Star Wars thing that's ever been made ever in the history of of the thing. Um, I think that was the heard defi- about definition this? of hyperbole, Ever. actually. I, I believe that's what the joke was. So I believe that's what my joke was. Everyone knows that the you're, best You're not part, crossing any lines saying this? Do other people agree with you? Do other people agree with me? Yeah, the internet. The, all of the internet. That's, yeah. I have uh, do I need to set this up? Do you guys know good. anything about this? What are, how, where it takes place? In the Star Wars canon in the universe, the, the only thing I know is uh, my friend Ernie told uh-huh. me that I should watch Rogue Squadron before I watch this. Rogue One is the is the movie That's he was referring the to there. Rogue Squadron is That's a nineteen sixty four video game from like nineteen ninety seven. Yes, yeah. yes, exactly. Yep. Yes, yep. so you're dating yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I've dated myself with several Dust things I said part. today. Right, right, right. <laughs> Including um, talking about now, middle schoolers ask, wearing. Do you know where it took place? What? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yeah. So Andor. Moving go, on. Yeah, go ahead, Dan. One more time. Andor is a show that takes place before Rogue One. Rogue One was a film that took place before Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope. So is that clear for everyone here? 
Everyone knows what we're talking about. Yes. After episode three, Revenge of the Sith, after Anakin, Annie, little Annie becomes Darth Vader. Um, but before A New Hope, before Luke Skywalker, before Obi-Wan meets up with him, before all of that. So it's sandwiched right in. Before Jar Jar Binks becomes the most powerful exactly, Sith Lord. Exactly. So, yep. yeah. <laughs> Rogue One, uh, in my mind, a lot of people have mind. Again, I'm not saying anything too controversial here. Uh, most people seem to enjoy and seem to think Rogue One was one of the best Star Wars movies made in a very long time, especially, I think this came out right after Rise of Skywalker or maybe right before. But uh, the sequel trilogy was, I don't know, I wouldn't say universally, but a uh, large contingent of the, Star, or of the Star Wars fandom thought that Rise of Skywalker uh, was not great. Um, yeah, Ray making Ray, you know, Palpatine. Um, making them kiss at the end, making Ray and Kylo Ren kiss at the end wasn't great. So <clears throat> there was just a lot of, lot of negativity around that stuff. Run it back. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I mean, even that uh, an outsider looking in, like uh, I'm definitely not, you know, Star Wars fanatic or anything. But even I looking at those movies was kind of like, mm, okay, yeah. Uh, so that's that's not. But would you say watching Andor, um. Where do I need? I I mean I, I'm familiar with the whole story. Yeah. Do I need prior knowledge going in? Does this work as a standalone? Yeah, so no, TV show? you don't. And that's, and that's one of the biggest strengths of the show is that you can go into this and not know anything and not not know about the movies or see the TV shows or even be um, knowledgeable about the just the the movies themselves, the entire chronological uh, order of everything. You can go into this completely blind. I think I don't know. Maybe as a Star Wars person. Um, the little nods and little references made in the show maybe don't knock me off balance as much as it would somebody else who isn't as knowledgeable. Like maybe there's things in the show that I just know contextually what they are. Maybe that just makes sense to me. So maybe somebody coming in completely blind would be more negatively affected than me. But I don't know. I really don't think so. I think that's one of the strengths okay. of the show is that it's not it's not connected to the events of the movies strongly at all. But so, yeah, just overall, as a, not even as a Star Wars show, not even as a Disney Plus show, just as a show in and of itself. This will probably be on my top 10 list at the end of the year of just great shows all over, overall of the year. Um, everything oh. from the acting, the performances, the writing is so incredibly strong because it was written by an actual um, really well-known, very, very good um Hollywood screenwriter Tony Gilroy. He wrote thing. He wrote the Bourne movies. He wrote Michael Clayton, one of the best, one of my favorite, one of the best uh, movies of the 2000s, probably the last 20 years. Um, he came in and did a lot of rework, wrote a lot of rewriting of Rogue One. So that's probably why a lot, a lot of that stuff works. Um, so yeah, the writing is incredible. The cinematography is stellar. Like watching this on 4K TV, looks incredible. It sounds incredible. It's it, the score was done by Nicholas Bertel, who did the score for uh, Succession, which I think Dion likes. I think he said he liked it. <laughs> I think it disturbs you. Uh, yeah, yep. Hell yeah, yeah it disturbs it. you. The sounds, the uh, the notes he uses in there are quite disturbing, but she's haunting. haunting. Exactly. Yep. Uh, he does this thing where he has a, like a vaporwave. I don't know if you guys are familiar with vaporwave. It's sort of like the intro to Doc Stream, where it's like that boom, 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 That sort of like vapory, like um, synth wave sort of stuff. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah. Has that? Yeah. Blade, Blade, Blade Runner. If you just you know think of think of Blade Runner, think of that dark noir, rainy 
synthy uh, score in the background. This is exactly what it does, but it does it like in a in a modern twist. Um, yeah, just everything is incredible. It's, it's the great best performances I've seen out of people. Uh, let me pull up the uh, actors. Diego Luna plays Cassie Nandor. Incredible performance by him. Um, has really uh, great supporting cast as well. We have Stellan, Stellan Skarsgård. Um, he was the professor in uh, Go to Hunting a long, long time ago. Thor. Yeah, he was in... He's been in the Thor movies, uh, but he's much he's much more subdued here. Does a really good job here. Uh, he's in this. Um, trying to see other names you guys might rec- uh, recognize. Um, don't know. Uh, Fiona Shaw plays Marva, his mother. Um, you might know her by her face. Seen anything she was in. Uh, she's been in some of the Harry Potter stuff. She was on Petunia in the Harry Potter stuff. Uh, she was in Killing Eve. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, she's yep. very good in this. Yeah, just overall, just incredible writing uh, performances. Um, the action's really good. And I th- it does also a really good job of like, you know how in Star Wars it's always like the big, big threats were the Sith. The big threats were oh, shit. the Jedis coming together. And if you saw like Darth Vader, that was always the big threat. And here they really ground it in like making the, <laughs> the threats like just two or three, um, what are they called? Uh, the little ship guys, the Sith the Sith ships, um, or the ones they they fly around in Tie Fighters. You see like one or two of Tie Fighters. Yeah, fight, one or yeah, two okay. Tie Fighters. That's a threat. And they also do a really good job of saying like, so in Rogue One, the story was about why was the Death Star so vulnerable? Why was there this like um, exploit in its architecture where you could just shoot like one bullet and make it explode? Right? Do you remember that in there? Yeah. Yep. So that. Yeah, Luke flying through the yeah, alley. Yeah, so they went back and explained why that was there. I mean, that didn't really <laughs> need an explanation, but it was neat that they they did that. Um, in this, it's much more nuanced and much more about, like, why is the Empire, this gigantic um, systemic force, this inst- institution in the, in, the, in the galaxy, if they're so strong, if they're so smart, why do they keep getting fucked over by this ragtag group of rebels at every turn? You know, like, why is every movie them being able to, you know, bypass their security and get onto the Death Star and get onto this, uh, the Star Killers? And why are they able to just sort of like, you know, bypass all of this stuff? And they get into it of like, you know, because they're humans, they're just human people. They got swept up in the the Empire, just sort of hired them on, hired them on as like contractors, basically. And it's just human people doing human stuff of just like falling asleep at the at the wheel and just not following up on leads. And it's a show that very much gets into like the intelligence gathering system kind of sucks because they just at the at the base level and the ground level, they just don't give a fuck. They didn't, they're not getting paid enough. They're not they're not loyal to the Empire. You always think of like the stormtroopers and every port of sort of like mechanism within the Empire being like 100 percent loyal. Like, yes, sir, I'm going to do this right to the very end, I'm going to, be able to follow every lead. And it's like, no, they're just <laughs> normal ass people just going about their day, sort of just being like, all right, well, you got two, the, 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 the start off to the series is two, um, two Imperial guys, two Imperial spies, not spies, but two Imperial, like, um, uh, investigators get gunned down by Andor. Andor kills them, runs off, and then that sort of kicks off the rest of the series of like investigating who these guys were, who killed them. And, uh, the main investigator for for the Empire was named. Uh, hold on, let me pull it up here real quick. 
His name is Cyril Karn. So Cyril Karn uh, basically goes above uh, the head of his immediate supervisor. His, his immediate supervisor says to him, well, these... The fuck? <laughs> Hello? What was that? That's my bad. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. Kaz stepped on a, uh, the soundboard. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's like you're wrapping me up here. I'm yeah. getting the walk-off music like in the Oscars. Oh, uh, yeah. I was giving you yeah. the Emmy thing. <laughs> Rip, wrap it up. <laughs> So, <laughs> uh, also, the cast stepped on the, the board before, and uh, Vin Diesel started talking about family. <laughs> so, that's in there, too. All right. So, Cyril Karn. Yeah, that's Sorry. fine. Uh, Cyril Karn goes above his, his inspector's head and says, you know, I'm going to pursue this. I'm going to go to the ends of the earth to find this one guy. And he keeps bumping up against people that are like, but we have to do work. <laughs> I don't want to do work. This is a lot of work just to find one guy. And I really don't want to do it. And I really don't think it's worth it. And he's like, no, are you, are you a loyal fucking empire employee? Well, then you will do this because blah, blah, blah. And so, so it's sort of that sort of thing. So a lot of really, really, really good writing in the show. Um, let me just pull up the, the quote I had on the comments here. Um, Luthen says to Andor as he's recruiting him to be a part of the Rebel Alliance, he says to him, quote, so what I'm asking is this, wouldn't you rather give it all at once for something real than carve off useless pieces till there's nothing left? It's an incredible line about like, you know, are you just going to keep running and keep like, you know, destroying one of your parts of your life, you know, you're going to destroy this safe house you have over here and move over there and drop this friend because he's he's dead or he gave you up or, you know, are you just going to keep running for the rest of your life or are you actually going to, you know, man up and actually be part of something big? So really great way of sort of saying what you're saying without actually saying it. So highly, 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 highly recommend watching Andor. Uh-huh. Nice. I like what you're saying about Stormtroopers just being... Regular yeah. ass dudes. It's like, yeah, like none of them, like they were hired to shoot a gun, but none of them have like good yeah. aim. So, <laughs> <laughs> like the whole thing where it's just like, oh, yeah, these are normal ass people. It's like, yeah, most of them got a job without even having the proper requirements. Yeah, without the proper requirements and not really giving a shit because that's just, it's just their job, really. They're getting paid to do a job and they're pretty much just like anybody else. Yep, yep. All right. And eventually your army just gets so big where it's just like, exactly, like you don't have the, yeah, uh, people watching. I mean, if you actually think of the logistics of it, they rule universe, a galaxy, and it's just like, okay, well, can't control everything. You're gonna have these branches that are just like, oh no, we're the party branch. <laughs> like people over in Vietnam, like going over there for a vacation. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's interesting. You mentioned having cookouts and luau's and all that. Yeah, <laughs> stormtroopers sitting there with uh, with a lay on his neck and just like grilling a. a, a I don't know what's what's an animal in Star an animal Wars? Star Wars a uh, tauntaun tauntaun yeah just grilling a tauntaun <laughs> they're just like ah, what's up bro <laughs> toilet papers in the back beers in the fridge I would love to see that so let's get to top five best slash favorite deaths in movies bow bow I am holy shit coming <laughs> in hot <high>. yep <laughs> I am the uh, horror guy. I'm the guy that specializes in the horror, in the violence, in the grotesqueness, and the gruesome deaths and stuff. So I got mine all set. I had I had way too many things to choose from. I was spent the last like three days trying to go through my list and find the best stuff, the most gross stuff, the most interestingly clever click kills. Um, so 
got my list from there. Uh, how did you guys, did you guys find it hard to craft a list since you're not really, horror isn't really your thing? Oh, I did it in like the last 45 minutes. I'll go first. Oh, he'll go second. <laughs> <laughs> I did it like the, the last hour before <laughs> the episode started here. Okay, well, well let's back up a yeah. little bit. Classic Andy, but he did That's it. The That's the takeaway is that it, he did it. And I'm glad you did it and, we, and we're glad. I I did it when you presented it to me and I meant to go back and, and, and uh, clean it up and I never did. So I kind of right. finished yeah. it yeah. up here. I guess what I, I want to yes. ask you is what what exactly are special okay so can my guideline for this well like at least for the yes. top three were the deaths that like stick oh, with me like, shit. that I saw and they we're stick gonna with me duplicates. for we're the rest of my duplicates. life oh I don't know I mean my my horror like I said I'm yeah. I'm not a fan of jump scares I, I, I like the psychological yes. horror stuff but like for the most part like a lot of a lot of stuff was just jump scary, and I, I just never took to it. Um, so my the, the amount of movies that I've actually watched that are, are you know scary gonna, like are low, which brings me to my next point is like shows that maybe aren't exclusively horror movies. Do you count those? Like I don't I just know, said, like say Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I just said <laughs> I just said gruesome deaths, and that can be for sure. It was gruesome. Way, yeah, it was gruesome. I watched that. Yeah, I watched that for the first time this year. Yeah, and, and he knows yeah. what I'm good. I mean, are those sure. counted? Would sure. you count that? I mean, that's yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, I, well, let's right. go back for a second and just talk about generally. Like, was it hard? Were you guys always in, uh, into horror at all? Was there any? Was there a point at which you saw a, a horrific thing, or you watched a horror movie as a kid, or saw a horrific, you know, event on TV where you're like, eh, nope, that's not for me. That that hurts Yeesh. my eyes, and I want to not ever experience that again. I have never particularly been drawn to horror the the genre in and of itself like, i always respect it um especially because listening to heavy metal so much of that is inspired by the genre but yep. the movies themselves i would always rather laugh yeah so it wasn't like it wasn't like a traumatic experience you had of watching like freddie gut a guy or you didn't see something see like hellraiser you didn't see a a scene, particular scene, they were like, Ugh, no, that, well, that in one fact, thing. I think that's why I, I was never particularly interested in it. Like, I did have nightmares about Freddy Krueger when I was five, <laughs> and that's yeah. why I grew up telling myself I didn't like horror movies. Yeah, but yeah. Broader, more broader yeah, question say, is I'll why was the, I allowed was to watch point. Freddy Krueger when I was five? But yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Damien's like, there's nothing wrong with that. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'll say there was a turning point. Like when I was a child, I mean, I don't, I don't like being scared now. I didn't like being scared then. Um, so horror movies back then were like, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't dabble with them at all. I remember being like afraid of like Disney movies or, or, or you remember how movies back then were, you know, like we, I, we went through it um, with, with that, tournament that we yeah. had of like just fucked up things that we saw in movies as children like never ending story things like that like that kind of stuff was enough to 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 put emotional trauma in me like eh, but then like i turned into a teenager and then it was like i kind of got on the the on board with like some blood and gut stuff like it's like oh like i remember um 
I watched like Freddy vs. Jason. And like those aren't horror movies per se, but they were just like really, you know, like gore filled stuff. And there was a point where I was like, oh, I was like, I'll, I will continue to watch this. Like, I don't know. There was like some kind of weird intrigue to it. I was never like drawn to it, right. but I was just like, all right, everybody else is doing it. I'll, I'll, I'll watch it too. I can handle <laughs> that. But then there was like a movie later on. Um, what the hell was it? Like last, last house yeah. on the left. Which 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 one was the one where that the girl got? Well, oh, there's a many of them, and it was like soup. <laughs> well, I mean, there was like one yeah. in particular, yeah, like they were advertising. Like, yep. Oh, like people have walked out of the theater. Yeah. Like this is this was like actual commercial so, on television. They were saying how people have walked out of the theater, and it's like, and obviously everybody that we are friends with, they're yeah. like, we're gonna watch that. <laughs> and I remember watching it, and. I, and I actually walked out of the theater. I was like, this is not like what I sign up for. Like, I, I didn't expect to see this. This is what you right. meant. Like, I don't want to watch this. And then, like, from that point on, it was just like I I grew jaded to yeah. it all. So. And now now, now I am who I am. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. If you go. Okay. Oh, and then in between that, too, I never liked jump yes, scares. So of course. All that of stuff. Course, of course, out. of course. So, yeah, if, I think. Maybe people don't know if you're not like a super uh, horror aficionado. Uh, the Last House on the Left, the one you mentioned, was the original was written directed by uh, Wes Craven. He that was sort of his jump off, jumping into uh, that was his first first feature length film. And then obviously he uh, went on to do the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. But he also did the first uh, original, The Hills Have Eyes, in 1977. And then he started doing the Nightmare on Elm Street in 84. So he's actually, Wes Craven is one of those guys you think of for Nightmare on Elm Street, but he also sort of did a lot of those, um, like you said, uh, sexual assault, uh, sex revenge uh, genre movies way back in the day, back in the 70s. Yes. Okay. So there you go. So we want to let's get diving into our top five. I will start because I have I have a five A and five B. I want to talk about my five B because the movie that you and I saw Dion together. We did a watch along podcast with this movie called Hereditary. <laughs> right. All right. No, yeah. you say. And uh, let me pull. Yeah, I'll pull yeah. this up. Uh, uh, Andy, have you seen the film Hereditary? Uh. Yes, let me Google it real quick to try to refresh my memory. Well, you don't, but yeah, I you don't have to I Google because I will pull it up right now if the screen share works. I'll give it a shot and try it. Um, pull it up, and if it doesn't work, then it doesn't work, but I'll try it anyway. I'll mute the sound because I don't really need a sound. Uh, is that working for ya, y'all? You see my video? I don't see, I don't see anything. Oh, yeah. there it is. oh, yep, I see that. But, uh, yeah. Okay. I think I gotta yeah. watch it. So, the, uh, Andy, you said you've you've seen this, but we weren't too too um, okay. familiar with it. Uh, hold up, I actually don't see anything. All right, I just paused it so we can chat about it for a second. Oh, good. Okay. Did you hear my question? <laughs> I'm. Did you share something? I don't. I don't. He's asking don't you a question, something. Andy. Say again. <laughs> was it in the Discord? It was with my voice. Let me try it again. Have you oh. seen Hereditary? <laughs> I said yes, but I was gonna Google okay. it, and then you told me not to Google it because you were gonna share something. That was it. Yep, I shared it. So, 
You, are you aware of the scene? Can you sort of narr- you want to be narrated along, or you want to do it together? The scene. We all do it together. <laughs> this scene, the scene in Hereditary. When I say the scene in Hereditary, you should know what I mean. So I'm going to start playing it. You have Peter's uh, uh, younger sister had a anaphylactic shock. She's uh, she had some pe- uh, pecans at a party, and Peter just uh, tried to avoid hitting a deer. And his sister's head just banged against a uh, a telephone pole, and her head dislocated from her body. Which, Andy, as a nurse, is that physically possible to knock your head clean like that? <laughs> is that anatomically correct? Her to have her head separate from her body, like that cleanly. Like, would it? I'm thinking it's just like knocked back, and she would break her neck. Would. Uh, does a head actually come off that clean without like a guillotine uh, cutting the neck? Can it, can you actually, would a head actually detach from a body like that with just enough force? Enough with with enough force? I mean, with a, with enough force, sure, anything is possible. Yeah, but I really it seems like YouTube this because I don't remember this movie off the top of my head. I, I mean, it's playing right now. I don't know. Can you see it or not? I don't see anything now. No, I, I can't see, so I don't reckon he can. The stream is running. We've paused the source to save resources. There should be another. Something. There should be a fourth. I see something that says you're sharing what? your screen. So there's like a button I can click that says watch stream. That would be the one. Yep. But you want to click that. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Yeah, I know. I, okay. No, I know. You're on it. I'm on it, and it's not working. So is it not? you're not seeing it being played or... No, I'm seeing two boxes spinning. Okay, so you might want to said that at the beginning because I just narrated it, but that's okay. Um, anyways, no, you know, I know that's you, you know it. That's okay, okay. So, so that that was my five. That, yeah, I mean, you kind of got you kind of got to walk us through it because it's your favorite death scene. So yes. either way, it's good okay. To say. So that was my number six B. Um, is that anywhere on your guys' did you list? Say, did you say your number six B? That was my five. I had a five A and a five B. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So technically, his six. That wasn't on my list because I knew it was going to be on your list. <laughs> yes. Yes, it was. So that was my that was my five B. My five A is um, Olga's death scene and Suspiria, and I really wanted this sort of uh, screen sharing to work. Let me try it one more time. So Suspiria is a remake of a nineteen seventy eight movie uh, directed by. Um, Oh, what's this guy's name? I just—I actually watched the original the other day. It's not very good. <laughs> I very much prefer this version of it. Luca Guadagnino uh, directed this, same guy that did Call Me By Your Name. So he has a lot of different uh, genres he likes to work in, apparently. He likes to work in romance and body horror. So we have a scene here of a woman uh, doing um, interpretive dance. And also a second woman that's also being controlled by her. Kristen Johnson, I believe her name is. And she's doing all these different maneuvers with her body. And somebody else is also doing maneuvers with her body, but being twisted and contorted in ways that the body shouldn't contort at all. Right? Yep. I have Tilda Swinton as the uh, as the instructor watching this. Nobody's watching the other, the other woman in the other room being... Oh, and her jaw just went the other way, and her teeth went the opposite way. Yeah, te- teeth stuff. Why? 
Why is she contorting this way while the other one is It's isn't? a possession thing. She's being possessed. And so she's sort of doing the same movements as the other person, but in a much more grotesque manner. And she's pissing herself, apparently. I, I bet she is. <laughs> yeah. There's a, there's a lot more uh, context that you're missing by only seeing the scene itself. I think they're using her power. Like they're using the energy of the woman here in this room and transferring it to the other woman in the other room. It's just that she's it do, it do, it moving so gracefully and the other one is doing the it does Yes, exactly. <laughs> it, it's beauty and it's also a grotesque being juxtaposed together. I think that's the the message there. So yeah, if you've if, if anybody's seen this, Suspiria from Suspiria, Suspiria, Suspiria. No. Nope, have not. Also, is this more like she's shadow boxing? I don't really know what's happening. I think that's the you point. Know, <laughs> like she's twisting her hands there, and then her body is twisting. So she's got to be aware that she's doing this. Is that a spoiler? I, I, again, I, I really don't know. <laughs> You're asking <laughs> questions that are not meant to be answered. So yeah. I'm going to hit pause on there. So, yeah, that was my number five. five, (laughs) That was my number five A death scene in a film. Olga's death scene in Suspiria from 2018. So, there you go. Dion, what is your number five favorite death scene? Oh, my number five. (laughs) I kind of said it at the top, but it was was a toon shoe getting dipped in the acid and who framed Roger Rabbit. Nice. Judge Doom. Uh, that blood curdling scream. Uh, he, he. Dude, that shoe was like a little puppy. <laughs> it came over willingly and it was just like, pet me. And he picks it up and it's like, oh, what's happening? I'm just an innocent little tune. And then just dips him into the acid slowly. And there's there's pleading eyes. The eyes are pleading. Like, why yeah. are you doing this? Yep. Why, why, yep. why? And then it, it just evaporated. Into, Ogum has into never view. seen that movie. And we should probably oh, watch that. I, holy moly. I felt so bad for that thing. Woof. Yeah, it's rough. I've seen it for the first <laughs> time this year, and that, you're correct. That was a rough scene. <laughs> Actually, I have a 5B2, and I also didn't know if this Go was going to count, but. Has anyone watched yeah. RoboCop? <laughs> Not in like 20 years, okay. but go the on. Scene, <laughs> the scene where he, you know, uh, ends up confronting the the, the, the gang yeah. as a human. And uh, they basically just like blow off both his kneecaps with shotguns. And then they all just start shooting, unloading on him. And he's just turned off. into giblets. And his partner's sure, like... Off. Where the partner's watching, his dick and, off. She, and he's just like screaming for like five minutes, like, ah! he's like, pop, 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 pop. And basically, all that's left is a face that they glue onto a Robocop yeah. later on. <laughs> <laughs> but just like all the giblets getting sprayed everywhere. The that's another giblets. one that's run free up here. My, nice. my old yeah. noggin. <laughs> the giblets. Yep. Giblets and the fluids and yep. everything. <laughs> so there, there's my five A's and Great five scene. B's. Yes. One of the one yeah. classic, classic body horror. Yeah, I'll put it in. The, I'll put I'll put it into the chat. <laughs> Don't worry, it gets better. It go gets to, better, uh, buddy. It yeah, gets better. go to three minutes, fifty seconds, if you want to. Um, yeah, awful, awful scene. Uh, so that was your five A, uh, Andy. What was your f- number five death scene? Favorite death scene? Yeah, 
My so I tried to do things that are somewhat current for the most part here. Uh, my number five, I went with Midsummer from a few years ago, with the 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 ritualistic suicides of the elders and how they they showed them diving off the cliff and just yeah really showed the impact the damage of the impact and then followed up swiftly by smashing their heads with mallets. Yeah, so um, in that scene, you have the, the the wife doing it correctly. She dies off head first, so she dies pretty yep. quickly. Uh, right. The idiot, the idiot husband, dies feet first, and it's not that super <laughs> far. So he only breaks his ankles and probably his tibia and probably other right. uh, bones in his feet and legs. So he's still very much alive and just like groaning and moaning and just in a bad way. So they have to bring over these, these mallets, which I assume this has happened before since they were at the ready with those things. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Breaking case, in case exactly. of emergency in case, in case Phil jumps in the wood chipper feet yeah. first. So they had to bring the giant mallet, mallet <laughs> over and smash him in the head with the mallet. Yeah. <laughs> There's a couple in there. So yeah, I've seen this. Uh, Dan, have you seen Midsommar? Okay, I this is a uh, this is a movie where there's a bunch of different ones you could pick pick from. The very opening scene is of um, uh, Florence Pugh's sister killing herself, but not just herself. Like she goes, she does the car in the garage thing, but then she's like, well, "That's not enough. I want to kill my parents too. So I'm going to take this fucking PVC piping and run it all the way up into my parents' room through the house, through the door, through the house, up into my parents' room, and pump in the carbon monoxide being pumped out from the car. I want to kill my parents that way too. I was like, "What the fuck? Who even? We say this all the time, but this came from somebody's brain. Somebody thought of this. You know, it's fucking disgusting." Even to even <laughs> put that thought onto the world, you know. Yes, very true. That that actually sounds disgusting. Yes. Yes, does. exactly. Uh, really like the casting in this. You have um, the guy from uh, the Good Place, Cheedy from the Good Place was in this, right? Yes. Cheedy. Forgot the actor's name, but he's in this. Uh, Florence Pugh obviously is in this. Yeah. Then you have the other death, which you can talk about uh, from this movie, is the end death scene with um, the boyfriend being put into the bear suit and being burned alive, right? Yeah. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. I actually forgot about that, that one. Fun. So I, I went with dig- my original, the one that I actually remembered from the movie. And right. then uh, pre, pre-show pre here, as I was recapping some films that came up and I, you know, I, I rolled with my original thing that stuck in my head, but yeah, wow. I don't know how that one wasn't in there somewhere. Right, right, right. Um, so, yep. We're back to me. My number four, I'm going to pull up here, drop it in chat so we can all experience the, the trauma together. Drop this in here. Uh, my number four is uh, another new one, another recent modern, recent modern you're gonna watch it you're you will in fact watch this scene this is from <laughs> from georgie meeting pennywise in the beginning of 2017's it chapter one you have little bitty georgie with his yellow raincoat going to catch his paper boat that goes down into the sewer 
where he meets Pennywise the Clown. Pennywise is talking to him. He's like, hey, what's up, Georgie? Hey, Georgie. <laughs> fucking Bill Skarsgård and his fucking mouth and his face and his voice and his eyeball. Did you know he actually do that with his eyeball? That wasn't CGI. He can actually make his left eyeball move independently from his right eyeball, which is interesting. Diabolical. Yes. And you got this pulled up? Yeah, I see it here. Yeah, you got it pulled up? Yep. Okay. Uh, go to like two minutes. Th- actually, go to th- go to like two minutes 55. Uh, Georgie reaches for the paper boat and Pennywise's mouth, his maw opens up and these like massive rows, like three rows of teeth protrude from his face hole and bite Georgie's little hand, rip his arm off. And then Georgie, you see Georgie crawling away, trying to escape. And then you see something grab him and pull him down to the sewers. Woof. Woof. That's a fucking death scene. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it is. Indeed. Dion, what's your number four death scene? My number four. I'll put it in the, the chat, too. Uh, a little bit more lighthearted. <laughs> lighthearted, yeah. yours. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> Friday the 13th, uh, uh, seven? Seven, yes. Seven? No. Uh, the New Blood. Whatever the <laughs> hell it was. Where uh, Jason... Uh, beats a motherfucker yes. in a sleeping bag yes. against a tree yes. until death. And it's actually there's the fun fact to it. In it, the actual movie, he only hits the tree right. once. But there are actually clips that have circulated of multiple hits right. against the tree, and that was it's much more satisfying. <laughs> I don't know why they left out. They left three three smashes against the tree on on, on the 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 cutting yeah. room floor, but they sh- they should have added them all, and it shouldn't have just been one. It, it, but you know, get them all in there. And can we can we give it up for the 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 line of dialogue? Come get me, you big hunk of a man. <laughs> That's incredible. This one is a little lighthearted. Sure. The, the other the other three are, are, but this I mean I can't resist. You know, like a motherfucker beating a motherfucker. Yeah. Well, they in a sleeping bag. Yes, they do that. <laughs> uh, the motherfucker with the motherfucker is um, done in Jason X. A couple, of, a couple of kills in Jason X are referenced later on. Oh, they, yeah. They reference this right. scene in yeah. Jason X, uh, Jason in Space, um, with they have like an AI or like a, a hologram room that Jason goes into, and they recreate this scene except they have two people in two separate sleeping bags and Jason takes one of them and beats the other one with the other person in the sleeping bag multiple times. So yeah, incredible. A um, couple, I don't know if they'll be on your list, but a couple uh, Jason kills that I remember from my youth. Uh, watched, I, I watch all these multiple times. Um, there's one in Jason 8, Jason Goes to Manhattan, where a guy is a boxer and he tries to, to punch Jason apparently in his face with the, with the mask on which isn't a smart idea. <laughs> They're on this rooftop and the guy is just bah, 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 smacking him in the face with his hands, with his bare hands and his hands get all bloody and shit. And then he's like, take your best shot, motherfucker. And Jason just like one, one taps him with his fucking smashes his head off. His head goes flying. I'm like, yeah, yep. That wasn't very smart. Was it? No. Yeah. Yep. Nope. Nope. <laughs> idiot. Stupid, Stupid idiot. <laughs> exactly. So that was your number four. Uh, Andy, what is your number four? 
My number four was the the final scene from the movie Saint Maud. Oh, you watched it. You didn't tell me to watch I it. Did. I love this movie. So this was we watched it a while you did back. Not. I actually completely forgot about it until I was googling death scenes from recent movies uh, in the previous couple uh-huh. of hours. Uh, but you know, after we, at, you know, upon reviewing, um, yeah, I really yes. enjoyed that movie. The the main character was this delusional, psychotic, disbarred nurse who was taking care of someone at at home but she was actually not a nurse anymore but they don't you know when you're doing private duty caregiving no one's really checking that uh, <clears throat> but yeah at long story short at the end of the film she is uh she she's really truly delusional in, in believing she's like an angel that's fallen from heaven and she has just killed the person she was taking care of. And she, uh, yeah, that's the clip right there. And she, uh, douses herself in, in gasoline or acetone or something and, and lights herself on fire in on a public beach. And they show her and what, how she's perceiving what's happening as this grandiose delusion where she's an angel ascending to heaven and then they abruptly switch to what's actually happening, where she is screaming and dying, and her flesh is melting on the beach with everybody watching. It was a, it was a pretty cool ending. Yeah, one of my favorite endings uh, the past few years of any horror movie. Um, Moyford Glass, Moyford Clark is um, is the main character. She's she is now uh, Galadriel in the Rings of Power series. Really love seeing her in that. And this is a, yeah, incredible performance. Very subdued. Um, yeah, like I said, I've mentioned this before, but like the last, <laughs> literally the last frame, if you guys watch that, it's the last frame in the movie. She's like, ah! Great. Great ending. Fucking great. One of the best endings I've seen in a long time. Yep. Cut to black. Ah! Cut to black. Bam. <laughs> Fantastic. Indeed. All right, back to me. Uh, going with some classics. My three through one are going to be classics. I've talked about them before, but they are they are just classics for a reason. I love them very, very much. Uh, let me plug this in. Find the clip. Uh, Quint in Jaws. When he dies, it's one of those scenes I remember seeing as a kid. Again, I watched a lot of traumatic <laughs> shit as a, as a youngin, as a young lad. You know, horror movies and stuff like that. Some people... You know, we'll call this a horror movie. I would agree. You know, obviously you can don't need to classify it as one thing or another. It can be multiple things. This is a creature feature. It's a horror movie. It's a thriller. It's a um, many different things. But yeah, incredible scene. If you guys don't remember it or haven't seen it in a long time, plug it in there. Just the sound. A lot of times uh, attacks or kills or whatever will be very impactful or less impactful, not even based on how it looks, but how it sounds. And you, in this scene, um, even though it's from 1975, incredible sounds, you know, him screaming, the crunching sound, him trying to desperately kick himself away from the thing, everything just works really, really well to make this such a, like, an effective scene. Really affecting and effective scene. Uh, let, me, let me know when you guys pull it up. Oh, I'm, I'm 30 seconds in, baby. You might want to back away from the mic. Yeah, you might want to back away from the mic because I'm chopping up pretty well. 
pretty bad lately. Back up the mic or reset it, maybe. Dion, do you have this pulled up? Okay. I do, yes. Do you want to let me know when you hit play on there so we can watch it together? Go. Play, play. okay. <laughs> so the boat is sinking. Have you seen this, by the way? Let's start there. Uh, not for a yes. while. Yes, it's been a while. Okay. Uh, so he, the boat is sinking. Um, it's been sinking for a while. When I, go back, when I go back and watch this, I always forget how long the boat sinks for. It starts sinking like in the early, early, early morning. And it doesn't start like completely submerging into the water until maybe late morning. So it's, the boat's been sinking for a while and it's finally uh, low enough into the water where the shark can actually come out of the, out of the water and go into the boat. And that's when uh, Quint falls into the water right at the very back of the ship where, where Jaws is. So at one point he actually slides down where the, where the shark is, is able to climb back up, but then he loses his grip on uh, Brody and Brody lets him go. And, and then the shark just takes him crunch. See water is that dark, that dark blood too. Like it was pretty rare back then to see dark blood being used like that. I think somebody mentioned like, because of the way the cameras caught it, for some reason, darker blood would be captured as this bright, bright, very, you know, unrealistic looking blood, but that, that had, you know, that was dark, <laughs> dark, deep red that you're mm. used to seeing. Uh, so yeah, yeah, that was my number three. You know what the most fucked up part yes. of that I think is, is just like, I mean, you're, you're on the ocean, but just all yeah. that screaming, all the, the all, it's like you yes. said, the noises. And then he just pulls them off into the ocean underwater and silent, then it's yeah. silent. Like that's super unnerving, you know? Like, yeah, you just, just being alone now. There was a dude yep. with you before. There was this battle you saw between yep. man and beast, and now it's just quiet. And you know, eventually, that can shark's yep. going to come back yes. for you. Like, that's that's Exactly. Awesome. That's the stuff that I'm talking <laughs> about. The, 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 the fear, the visceral fear inside, you know, like, uh, that's the stuff, yeah, that, stuff that makes you afraid to exactly. go to the like, beach or go out on a boat. It's just just when you thought it was yep. safe to go in the water. Not necessarily yeah. afraid to in yeah, real exactly. life, but it's mm-hmm. always in the back of your mind. Well, that was a, that was the that was the log tagline of Jaws two. That's what I was referencing there. It's always in the back of your mind, right? Okay, <laughs> <laughs> Deanne, what's your number three? All right, yes, my number classic. three is the opening. Opening, yep. You talk about classics. Um, this, this, um, this one. It was kind of like my reintroduction into horror, um, for the most part. And I didn't think too much of it. Like, I mean, obviously, I thought a lot of it. It made my, it made my list at number three. But you know, it, after all these years, you kind of lose sight of it. But then you actually go back and watch it, and that opening scene from Scream was pretty, yes, brutal. You know the 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 just the toying with her. I mean, it's a meme basically yeah. at this point. But like the phone call, it's like let's, let's play a game. You know all this stuff, and uh, then it just it starts getting real. And he's like, "Don't you ever hang up on me, anger? I got you like yeah. a fish, bitch." You know, and he's like, "Guess what door I'm at?" And it's like, "I'll give you a hint." He throws a chair through the yeah. one that he's at, and it's like, 
woo, like all that stuff. Like that's, that's the things that get me the most, the things that I feel like actually could happen. Like you could have, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be on a boat seeing the most giant shark ever. You know, like that's never going to happen in my lifetime. Somebody stalking outside my house, throwing chairs through the window, saying they're going to kill me. That seems probable, you know, in the realm of possibilities, that is more likely than being devoured by a shark. So when I'm watching this one, it's like, all right, you just got that whole buildup. And then, and then the shit starts happening, you know, like she's out of the house. She's got the knife. And then you got, um, what was it? Yep. Ghost face, you know, he finally gets to her. He like, he jumps out the window. He's like stabs her in the chest finally. And it's just like, you talk about noises, like, like just the, the noise that of, of a knife penetrating you just hangs yeah. with me. <laughs> and that might be a spoiler for what's to come in my, in, in my, oh. my, my list. But and it doesn't just stop there, you know, like then he like slashes her throat and like, she's still alive. She knees him in the dick and she starts running and then she sees her parents and then she's like at the end of the porch and she's like calling for her mom, but she can't say anything because her, her, her throat box. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> her yes. voice box is yes. like severed. So she's like, bah, like whisper. Yep. Ah. And then it's just over from there. And, and he just starts like just hacking and slashing and, 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 and even they had that like slow motion chase scene too, you know, like that was odd, but you know, you're looking back on it. It's just like, I don't know. In that moment, everything was probably going so fast, but like just to, just to slow down for effect. Like I still remember that yeah. like pretty vividly. And then like the parents are inside, and they're just like they can hear her gasping on the phone, being dragged yeah. through the yard. And then it's like get out, go to get out of the house, go to the neighbors, call the cops. They open the door, and then her bloody corpse is just hanging from a tree. <laughs> it's like Jesus, awful. <laughs> Good pick. Good, yep. yes. Classic, classic, classic kill. Yes. Uh, I think a lot of, like I said, I I think throughout time it, it kind of got just like forgotten right. about, but just watch it. And this is just a very great, very yep. brutal great scene. Andy, what's your number three? My number three is uh, Cabin Fever from 2002. This is one I actually saw in the theater. And uh, there was one scene that this is kind of in the vein of what Dion was talking about things that really stuck with you. There's one scene in particular where the, there was a girl shaving her legs in the bathtub. So the, the, the whole premise of the movie was that there was like this flesh eating bacteria or disease that was going, being spread among the friends. Can you hear me? I word. Yeah. I can hear you. Flesh eating bacteria. Girl shaving her legs in a bathtub. Is this is this is this uh Cabin Fever? Cabin That's Fever. And uh as she's shaving, she's just taking up the skin yeah. on her legs and she doesn't even realize it. Uh. And then they, they show you her back and it's already all like decrepit and falling off. And then as soon as she realizes what's happening, she jumps out, throws on her bathrobe, and runs outside trying to find help. And what's waiting for her outside? Not help. Rabid dog <laughs> jumps her and is and and rips her apart. <laughs> oh my 
my yeah. god core memory and, unlocked you know this is a film <laughs> this is one i didn't specifically oh sh- like we must have been like 19 or maybe okay 2000 well, in 2002, so, so it would have been 20. Yeah, right? yeah that sounds right. 18, yeah. 18, when yeah, doing 17, the 18. research, uh, you know, the 30 to 45 minutes before the show, I realized this was a boob scene. I didn't know that, but that's why it's in my brain. Okay. All right. Subliminal there you go. Boobs. Yeah, subliminal boobs. Gotcha. <laughs> was that also the scene where, like, he was kind of like 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 finger oh uh, that's good and they were like oh, no noises. but i remember that now that you mention it that was that was a that was something different oh man that scene, was though. but yeah okay i think it, it was, was the, the same, same movie, movie a different scene though okay <laughs> that, that yeah that was something that movie was uh yep whoo all right, cool, 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 cool. Wow, and that and all that happened because like there was a dead body trapped at the top of a reservoir or something. Or am I, I do not remember the details? Do you remember how that happened? Mm, okay, all right. Cabin fever oh, wow. fingering. I was not expecting to see hear that on a list, but <laughs> cabin fever <laughs> fingering. Uh, no, that doesn't bring up anything. Hey, so what is uh? Where are we at? Number two for me. Right. Okay. Yes. Two We're for at two me. For you. Let me plug this into. Oops. Uh, my number two is similar to the ones I had. It's going to be a classic. It's going to be all time classic. We all know it. You know it. I know it. Here we go. My number two is. I don't know the guy's name. Leatherface is oh, first the yeah. victim. This goes back to the sound thing. And also something you don't really ever see mm. when somebody gets head trauma or anything like that. But he's like, um, he gets uh, knocked on the head and it starts twitching. You never really see anybody have seizures or anything like that. You see it quite often, like, you know, in, um, in football or like you do that, like, um, there's a name for it, but like your limbs all go stiff and shit. You never see that either. So this is, I'm wondering if he um, was told to do this or they're like, this is like something that he came up on the spot, but that's really nothing you really, really ever see of somebody getting blasted in the head really hard and then seizing at the end there. So that was, that was, that's the reason it's really sticks in your head. And also it's just the, there's no music to it. There's no, like, it's not, it's not a true jump scare. I mean, there's a guy, jumps out of a, comes out of the back room and just like grabs the guy and smacks him on the head and then drags him out and slams the steel door shut on him. And you're like, what the fuck was that? Who is this person wearing a mask? What is the mask made of? Why is there so many things hanging on the wall? Um, is the grandpa alive? How is he alive? And then you get the scene where they put her finger in his mouth and he sucks on it. There's just so many moments in this movie that I've really never seen before or again that are just, that's really, really stick in your head like this. Yeah. yeah. No, I agree. Definitely. I don't think I've made it through. It's not even that movie. bad. I did come across yeah. this clip though. Uh, and what you're saying about the twitching, 
Like it, it does add an element to it. Uh, you say you don't see it too much. I I would see it a lot in like yeah. professional wrestling. Like after someone hits a move, like someone that really did a lot, Bubba Ray Dudley, he would always do like this like seizing thing after he, he yeah. took some kind of move. And it it's 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 cheesy, but like at the same time, like you know, it it kind of added an element to it. Like yeah, I mean, you don't really see it in like professional fights unless it's like something's really fucked up. But I think what you were talking about, like I forget the. Uh, what the exact term was, but like basically you get you starched you're fencing, you're fencing. Yeah, yeah, fencing. Yeah. that's the term. Uh when your arms are stuck out or like that. Actually there was recently a football player that got that did right. that on he, live television after like a second concussion. People yeah, thought he was, yeah, like was dead. But uh yeah. But but uh actually when you talk about the feet kicking and it's not exactly um seizing but it, in your in your favorite movie, um No Country for Old Men oh, when yeah. you're strangling the dude. That's something I remember too. Like, and and they really emphasize it too because you got all those skin yeah. marks on the the floor from his from the right. soles of his shoes, and I was like, that that's another one of those movies where it's just like, like it it, it added more to the scene, yes. because of the struggle, and I, I see that a lot. I wonder if it was kind of like that same kind of detail was pulled from. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, even though it's not even like the right. same type of movie, but just yeah, I was gonna the, say it's interesting you haven't be able to get through this really because a lot of it's like there's two things going on that you don't really see in a lot of horror movies, which is there's a, a lot of build up. There's like 40, 45 minutes of just nothing really happening. And then when things do start popping off, there's not a lot of blood at all throughout this movie. This movie is known for having, you know, a pretty gruesome blood and guts in it but it's really not you, you go back and look at like the scenes that have gore in them and it's i think one of the guys or the or the women in the group get hung up on a on a meat stick but you don't you don't meet hook you know meat but hook. you don't yep. see that coming through her through the other side you don't see her her bleeding all that much i think it was probably probably part of the the the, the budget of the movie they didn't have any money to to put into these special effects so they had to do had to do interesting shots with it where you don't see the after effects of everything. So, you know, I think the movie was made for like $250,000, $250, maybe maybe even less. So they really couldn't, uh, right. yeah. Yeah. What they what they skimped on in that department, though, they, they made up like just sheer yes. terror. Like it was the presence of Leatherface that was the thing that struck the fear in your heart, you know? Like he didn't even have to do anything. You just knew that from... From the first sight, you knew that dude was was a problem. <laughs> exactly. What is your number two? My number two is oh, yeah. <laughs> the movie Paranormal Activity. Yep. The ending. Um, the build up to that, like, there's like that whole movie too. Like the when I poke my head up in the crawl space yep. attic up here yep. up, up in my house like i have flashbacks <laughs> to this i expect to see a picture in the far distance i see foot footprints all over the place i don't go up there unless i have my wife at the bottom like you know like right there so like if the demon gets me she might be able to pull me out <laughs> <laughs> but uh this this movie uh like particularly the scene in general where they are filming themselves sleeping. That I think they had been doing that for the entire the movie. The wife is always just doing the craziest things because she is possessed by the demon. And there's just on the footage, there's just like a five hour 
part where she's just staring yeah. at the husband yep. sleeping in bed. And that is just off-putting as <laughs> Right. <laughs> that's okay if I like my yeah. kids will do that sometimes. So like they don't wake you up. Right. They just stare at you until you wake up. And I don't know how your body like processes that there's someone in front of you, like, and it forces you to wake up. But like you would do it to your parents as a kid too. Like it's just this this thing and you're you wake up from it and it's just like why? Why are you the way you are? <laughs> Anyways, she ends up going downstairs and then you just blood curdling scream husband jumps out of bed runs downstairs a kerfuffle ensues downstairs and then there's silence and that's something you yeah. just leave it at that but they didn't <laughs> you hear a faint thud and then you hear another one and it slowly gets louder and louder I'm giving myself chills <laughs> <laughs> as you start to realize whatever it was is coming back up the stairs and it's not human and they get to the top of the stairs. You can't quite see them until you see the husband's body flying back into the room, smashing into the camera. Yeah. Ooh, Ooh I'm so <laughs> chilly right now. And then the wife comes in. Gives him the side, tilt the head, bends down, and I can only assume begins to eat the now deceased husband. And then screams in the camera, just one final jump scare for you. And that's it. Yeah, great. Yeah. This movie yeah. terrifies me. Great pick. Found footage stuff yeah. always terrifies me. But like this this movie took it to a different level. I know you your favorite yeah. was uh, Blair Witch, but I'll tell you what. This this caused me many a sleepless yeah, nights. Pretty good pick. Um, I was just perusing some some death scenes. I would, before I get to number one, I want to plug in this one here, right here. Should be should play at the spot I wanted you to play it at. Uh, let me see. Disturbing and violent yeah. movies. So this scene, cool. it's opening up uh, with Viggo Mortensen, right at a in a coffee shop. Okay, so yeah, just yep. check out that for a minute here. It's opening. He's a opening. retired assassin, I believe. Yeah, I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it started at, so Vigo's been started at a, zero. What, what approximate uh, time do you want me to start? Yeah, don't even try. <laughs> <laughs> Wait until the video is over and say whatever you're going to say. Um. So Vigo is, he's retired assassin, I think, a retired mafia guy. And the guys he used to work with come into the bar looking for him, come to the coffee shop looking for him. And he just takes one out with the coffee pot to the face, probably steamy hot coffee to the face. And then, yeah, that scene right there. I don't know if you guys saw it, but the guy, <laughs> I think the guy he shot or hit with the coffee pot, like his whole bottom of his face was was just gone. Jaw. His jaw was just gone. So, oh. yeah. With the tongue, the dangling. tongue dangling. He can keep his tongue as well, yep. Exactly. <laughs> that one I should have put in there. That was, a, that was an honorable mention. I'll do honorable mentions before I do number one. But we got to do Andy's number two. Hey, we should have shut everything down. Can you hear hey, me? Yeah, shut can everything down. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. 
Yeah, you're back. You're back. You're back, baby. You're back. I'm sending What's you number two? a clip. Oh yeah, I saw. I came across this one. Yeah. I was like, "This is very good." So, I saw, I saw this whole trilogy yeah. last month. We also we we watched good. this trilogy. The first one I do think was the best of the three. It's this. Uh, so, for those of you who are not in our Discord, it's the Fear Street Part One, 1994, is the year that it's set in. Uh, it's um. Very early in the movie, the main character, or who you think is the main character, is uh, stabbed and shoved through a bread slicer in a grocery store in a, in the bakery, which is... Is that cake um, on her face? <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> I think <coughs> some leftover cake Left, was in the bread in slicer. The bread slicer, yeah. right? I believe so. Uh, also blood. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So this particular scene, this was not a series I went into thinking, oh, this is going to be great because it looks cheesy as hell at at a glance. You know, it looks like it's going to be like some like, you know, teeny bopper kind of thing, because I'm I'm pretty sure the Fear Street is based off an R.L. Stein book series, isn't it? Think I I believe I think I I might just borrow the name. I'm not sure. It seems like they just borrow the name. Yeah. Just the title. Um, but yeah. So the 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 first movie was was surprisingly good and uh there's a, a nice balance of corny and gory throughout the entire series. Um which really really it, it was good. It was good. And this particular scene set the tone for the whole thing, for the whole trilogy. Yes. Okay. Very cool. Um, so we did our number. You should. I never watched any of them. They're very good. The first one's good. They're all good. Yeah. First one's the best. To be honest with you, I'm not going <laughs> to watch Great. that. Fantastic. <laughs> Great, fantastic. Yep. Season, uh, let me see if I can find the scene. Right. <laughs> uh, let me find the scene real quick. Um, so my number one is from a movie from 1968, the original. Uh, Night of the Living Dead. Um, so we we sort of think of like social justice stuff and woke stuff as being very now. Um, the original survivor of the original Night of the Living Dead was an actor named uh, Dwayne Jones. He's a black man. His uh, character name was Ben. So right there, you already have the original survivor, one of the original horror movies, being a black man already. So that's nothing new. And also. You know, you think back to um, the time that this came out in 1968. You had Martin Luther King Jr. being assassinated a few years, a few years before. Uh, I believe uh, Robert F. Kennedy was assassinated then. You had, you know, JFK a few years, a few years before that. So I think this movie very much touches on a lot of that stuff. And the end scene here, um, you have. Ben, being the survivor, waiting waiting to be rescued, looks out at the window. He's holding a gun. Um, so I'm not sure if they see him holding the gun, but, um, you know, sheriff and deputy and a bunch of other um, people from the town come up to the house and they just see – they see somebody. They never really um, um, explain whether or not they know that he's, a, he's not a zombie. But they just see somebody in there moving around. And so they take the shot and shoot him in the head. So, you know, that's all to say 
we really do think that you know having a female lead or having a black lead or having whatever a minority lead or having minorities in things now is trendy but it's really not new at all so yeah that's all i'm saying about that So. Good. Yeah. Good. It's good. Amen. Okay. Cool. Yep. Okay. It's good. Okay. Dan, what's your number one? <sighs> number one. Is from the Strangers. Have you seen the sequel? The sequel is pretty good. <laughs> I'm never going to watch the sequel. <laughs> Not even if there's a fire. Uh, so, yeah, basically. Um, just the ending to this and, and it's it really kind of had like a texas chainsaw massacre vibe you had that hallway the door open looking outside and like just like it's sunny out had like this it just it from that hallway you just got like your normal ass day you wouldn't think anything of it and then you cut inside and you see um uh what's what's the actress's name can you help me aerosmith uh, uh, Armageddon. What's her name? Liv Tide. Thank you. Bound, tied, bound, gagged to a chair. Husband, you know, in the other chair next to him. Three total psychopaths, masked, standing in front of them, staring at them. Uh, husband, wife, obviously hysterical. Like, oh, what's going on? What's going on? Um, then the dude just gives this little side glance. To the one standing next to her and doesn't react. But then the other one, other bitch, she goes into the kitchen, comes back with a knife, nice sharp knife. And uh, they start to understand the situation that they're in. Um, and like there's these, there's more like struggle. The husband, the, the looks on his face. You know, the acceptance, like, all right, this is it. She still doesn't get it, but this is it. And then when he finally calms her down with just, like, the look in his eyes because they're both gagged, and, you know, they do their little head nudge, and they're, you know, holding hands and stuff, and then the then the stabbing commences slowly. And you talk about sounds from the other ones. Uh, yeah, just... It's, they take turns stabbing and it's stabbing the dude first. And it's just, it's slow. It's deliberate. It's, it's, it's just, these things are things that can really happen. And actually there was this uh, quote that I got from something. Um, I'll read it. The fact that the strangers ends bathed in sunlight is both unexpected and terrifying, further cementing the film's core theme that random acts of violence are exactly that. It's the random ass act of violence. Some people just don't give a fuck. Consequences be damned. Doesn't matter who sees. To just have the curtains open doesn't even matter if there was a nosy neighbor. Like, they were going to kill these two people. All because of, like, some... Some incident that was just, you looked at someone wrong earlier in the movie, you know? You did something that's like, I, I can't exactly remember what it was that pissed them off. But from that point on, like, a path was followed. 
and 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 the end result was just this disturbing deliberate stabbing death and it's awful it's awful and i can't get i 2008 and i still still i just think of that sometimes and it's just very say humbling i don't know it's just whatever i'm doing at that point when i think something like that it's just like all right i'm just going to be i'm just going to be a good dude you know well i'm just going to i'm just be nice to people okay but it's not hard I to think, do okay <laughs> i'm not going to stab know, people in the guts see, okay so there you go that's 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 awful i hate stabbing dude <laughs> i hate stabbing it's just it's so personal so disgusting ah damien what's up uh Go ahead. Somebody else. So I was going to mention that um, they there was no reason for it. I don't know where you get in this thing where they they did something to them during the early in the movie, but they didn't do anything to them. That's that's the whole point of the movie. Um, they specifically asked them, "Why are you doing this?" And Dollface says, "Because you were home." The nihilism and the lack of a twist or grand reveal was precisely why it's so terrifying. Is that they there was no reason for it? It was arbitrary. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I didn't remember exactly what, what I mean. The, it was yes. a random act of violence, but yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, just, just it's it's that though, you know. It's 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 that stuff that just. Yeah. Uh, and, yes, Andy. What is your number uh, one? Oh yeah, best of death in a movie. Which you, there wasn't really a death in that one, but that's fine. It's from the classic Final Destination Two. Yes, great, good. Yeah, so this was yes. This is a scene that stuck with me throughout my life. Didn't know it was gonna, but uh, <laughs> starts. It starts with the uh, the log falling off of, of of a log truck and going right through the windshield and the skull of a cop. Takes him right out the back of the car, and that just triggers a huge chain of events. With the, I mean, that's that's the bit that really just stuck with me. I still can't drive behind log trucks. Yeah, no, just log we're not trucks. doing that. <laughs> no, nope. we are or either going around them or we're staying back like a half mile from a logging truck. Right. I mean, that's smart though. I mean, remember, the, if you can't, Amen, if you can't brother. see their mirrors, they can't see you. But what yeah, I didn't remember just, and. And uh, <laughs> I, I remembered upon, you know, Googling all this shit before the pod. But uh, that triggered a motorcycle to wipe out who the the driver ended up being crushed by his own bike. Another kid who was driving and doing coke simultaneously. Always a good idea. He swerved, flipped his car. And we, you watch the scene where he flips his car and ultimately lands on his wheels only to be T-boned by the tractor trailer. And then uh, there's another accident (laughs) with some girls who are like sticking their head out of a sky roof or a moon roof or something. And and that doesn't end well. And then finally, there's another kid who there's another guy, young (laughs) kid who is driving and he T-bones the gas tank on a semi and torches himself and just burns to death in the middle of the highway there's a huge chain reaction that was 
I remember after I Googled this, I remember laughing out loud to it because how ridiculous it was. Uh, turns out there was a lifetime of trauma associated with it. Okay, great. Um, I wasn't mm. listening, but also I couldn't hear you very well. So um, did you mention the kid like smashing the two to- toy cars together? Like everything in that scene kind of. Yeah, um, I didn't. I didn't predict it. Everything coming up. I didn't mention it. Later. But I, I. Okay. It foreshadowing. foreshadowing. That was cool. So. Man, remember that premise though? That was I. I thought that was the coolest thing. Like somehow you you cheated death, and then like death came back for you. Yeah, that was a great I series. thought that was the coolest thing, man. I mean, all of the deaths in the final yeah, destination. So that was. Were all oh my god! Very shit. Very unique. Yeah, I, I, there are a few like um, like saw. So I had some wild deaths too, but I thought that would be uh, like too easy. I know. Too, I, yeah. I, too easy. I don't know. I wanted I wanted I wanted yeah. you guys to get inside my head. Yeah, I, you know, I see where I'm at. I googled saw deaths too <laughs> to try to try to jog my memory and yeah. yeah the reverse yeah. bear trap was the biggest one, but uh. Yeah, some of those. Some I'll tell you, some of these movies just like you watch them, and it's just like, like it's like I said for strangers, it's like I'm just gonna do something. <laughs> this today, you know? Like, <laughs> so it's yeah. not gonna be me. Not today, death. Not today. Right. What's your so those are top five Damien? favorite deaths in. Holy shit! I already said it, man. <laughs> oh, where? Yeah, he kicked it off. Past. I don't know what you just said, but this is our top five best deaths in horror movies. Anybody have any honorable mentions so we can get out of here? Because I actually have to go pretty soon. Do the number number two. Okay. No, Part two coming any. up later on. I'll either post it the same day. Yep. I got a question, though. I'm sorry. Like, for these things, like, these death scenes, like, for the viewer, it's traumatic to see these kind of things. But, like, I know that in, in, in movie making takes don't always go um you don't always get it on the first try so it's like you got to keep doing this over and over again and i get that it's like a performance and and you know you're working with actors and whatever but how are you gonna go and tell me that like the ending of strangers where like uh the the, the bride and groom are just they're, they're like doing the sobbing they're like holding hands and everything and it's just like you just gotta like, oh, that one didn't work. Oh, that one didn't work. We got to do it again. Keep stabbing. Keep stabbing. You just spend 24 hours just getting, like, stabbed by the, your, 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 your crewmate, your, your cast, your castmate. It's just like, well, what, what is the, what is the guideline for it? As director, you're watching that. It's just like, all right, yeah, uh, I need to go take a shower because I got to get all this off me. So that means it was a good take. That means we got what we wanted. Like, how, how are you not, how are you walking away from, like, a movie like that in the right headspace. How do you decompress at the end of the day of like getting stabbed for 24 yeah. hours straight? You know, like right. I just don't get that. Right. I don't get that. <laughs> All right. So I think that'll do it. I think we're about done. Uh, I got some plugs to do. Uh, do some writing on my medium blog, damien.sherman.com dot, uh, medium.com over there on letterbox. I'm pretty active. I actually haven't watched a movie in the past weeks. I've been on, I've been gaming a lot on escape from Tarkov, but, uh, usually I'm pretty active over there. B for Benedetta on letterboxd, uh, film essayist on, on YouTube, uh, go to anchor.com to make a podcast 
and I have a bunch of interviews with Cinematech and B.R. Yeager, who wrote one of my favorite books of the year, Negative Space. So check all that out on the uh, the feed there. So believe anybody else got anything to plug or to chat about, now would be the time. Forever hold your peace. I am I I've think been holding I'm good. my peace for an hour. <laughs> okay. I've been peace for an hour, yeah. Hour. I'm gonna go take. I'm gonna go yes, take a shower. Yes, yes, yes. All right, for, can I say something? I've been Damien, and I am. I've Andy. been Deej. Bye bye.